0: Okay, and what would you think is the is the reason for that? Just hold on a second. Okay. What would you say um, is the reason?
1: I would say because uh, it's hard for a person to feel his emotion in front of other people.
0: There are many reasons, and that's one of them. And another two. I don't know if that's
1: true. That's what I'm wondering because uh, I think let's I Let's Let's
0: let's recognize that there's a combination. Another one of the reasons might be our society. Right now, at this time and place, we view, at least in the men, we view showing emotions as weakness. If someone cries, they're weak. And that's many times that I review that I work with clients, and to break that, I go, when we hear stories of a gadolim that they cried when someone came in with a problem, and I go, is that a sign of weakness or strength? And part of that is to be able to change the images that the real strong people, I have an entire program on, that. I think it's number 62 or 61, on my shirim that only the strong can show they're weak. So, really, people that can't show weakness, people that have to show they're always right, people that can't admit anything, that's really the, big, the greater they cannot show emotions and weakness, the weaker they are. The stronger, that, and I go into the entire hour program, how the world has the opposite view, and the strong people are always the ones that are able to say, I'm sorry. Maisha Rabbeinu, we go through an amazing Makar, where the Archaim goes into explaining over there, the godless of Maisha when he was explained by Aaron and said that he might have made a mistake, he was so happy to see that he made a mistake and the, and there are we see that throughout with Argodalum. So I would really one of the reasons I would add on is our generation is so weak that we are afraid to show emotions. We're afraid to show vulnerability. That's another one. There's several reasons for that, but you said you have a bigger question, so let's go take the bigger question. This is the short Correct. version. Yes. Okay,
1: the quick the bigger question is I'll try to make it as quick as I could, um that um why when I feel like I could handle controlling people and meaning to have friends that they know they could they could ask me for whatever they want and I do for them and they could control me around. They don't have issues with that. Why? When my my mother is a very controlling person and whenever she controls me, whenever she um it gets me, I don't scream at her don't But inside I'm like, oh come on, you know, I'm old enough to you know take care of myself and everything.
0: So what is your question? My question
1: is, how can I, how can I, not, why should I, be, how, why am I upset and how can I make sure not to get upset next time?
0: <laughs> All right, so let's try doing the global general question without going into detail. Global point is that I found a Makar I just don't remember now offhand where it is, but one of the reasons why teenagers go through the rebellious stages to prepare them, Erzashem, for marriage, to have their own life, to have their own Das. If children will still be like six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, where basically you can explain to them two seconds, half the time at least they will see the way you see things. They won't we won't be able to become individuals. So the rebellion gives us a teenage energy where we start thinking for ourselves and whatever our parents say are traith. Tref- and what I find the cutest thing is sometimes when I work with Rabbanim's kids or Rosh Hashiva's kids and the Rosh Hashiva tell me it's amazing. I have an entire yeshiva waiting to hear what I have to say and my own kids are the only ones that don't want to hear what I have to say. And the solution and the answer that they always, we just laugh at it together, is that that's part of Teva The Rabbanish Hashim is created for kids to form their own opinion no matter how right and how smart the father or mother are. Now... It's the job of the parents to know how to sometimes control or be assertive, be the parents at the same time to know when to let go. It's the teenager's job to understand as well that when the parents are being assertive at this time, I might not like it, but I will learn to listen because they have life experience. And if it's too and when it's not, I understand that my parents do let go, and then the kids feel, the teenagers feels the healthy balance. What is unfortunately happening today's generation is. That either the parents are too assertive too many times, which would, uh, it changes then from the word of assertiveness to controlling. And when parents are too controlling, that is when kids will rebel and not listen at all to anything. Or if the parents are too weak and that the kids are doing too much without the healthy balance, with the parent telling them no, without the assertiveness, teaching a mind, this is not healthy, you got to stop. That is also detrimental. So if you can ask me what's the healthy balance, that's why we can't do that over here. But what we need you right. to understand is that the fact when your parents tell you something, it's allowed to bother you. The fact that you listen most of the time is a sign that's a healthy level of parents. And the fact that you don't listen sometimes is also healthy. That's how you learn to develop your individuality of who you are. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Yes. Yeah. And you're going to find that with anyone that you try to quote-unquote be assertive on or anyone that you're on top of any manager that has employees will tell you that they have this issue any parent Uh and those people like thinking oh you know till the teenage years the kids listen yeah try to tell a two-month-old baby sleep a whole night you'll see how many times they get up crying and try to tell a three-year-old to share it's mine no and they throw fit never when we are in a manager position does the person do what we want all the time it's about learning the healthy balance and those that have the healthy balance will see at the are successful and unfortunately those that don't have it we see many times their difficulties and just to give an example I i don't deal with one of the clients population i don't deal with is really the teens at risk because it's not just working with one person at a time It's after you've worked with a teenager, you must bring in the parents. It's a must. It's an absolute must, in my opinion. And you must now work out the communication with the teenager and with the parents. Something in the balance isn't balanced over there. And many times you need the therapist, not many times, I believe all the time, you need the therapist for the first couple sessions how to work out what's healthy yes, what's healthy no, and that whole balance. And that's what there's only so much I can do as a one person.
1: So, basically, nothing much for me to do. I just have to live with it. It's not a big issue. I mean, it's not the end of the world, you
0: know. Well, of course, there's a lot that you can do. Number one, discuss it I with do? your mother. Tell your mother, you know when you ask me to, let's say, be in bed at 11 o'clock, guys my age, mothers really don't tell that to them. Your mother's going to go, but you go to sleep at 4 in the morning. That's not healthy. If you would go to sleep at, at 11 or 12, like other teenagers, and I wouldn't have an issue. The solution yeah. is discussing, which means if your mother is a healthy mother... Mm-hmm you will be able to discuss it. Teenagers are many times stuck with that the parents don't understand me. You bet the parents understand you. Every parent was once a teenager. We know exactly what you're going through. Many times what happens, again, where the therapist is needed to discuss what's really going on. So just as an example, let's say a kid, the mother is afraid that the kid doesn't sleep enough, so they're very angry and nervous all day. So the mother saying, go to sleep, Ray, go to sleep. And The kid goes, why don't you trust me? I go to sleep. Now, the kid thinks going to sleep at 2 o'clock is called going to sleep because he has friends that are up till 6 in the morning all night. And to the mother saying, right. oh, you need to be to sleep at 9, 10. But if it's not discussed, this tug-of-war, this, um, what's the word I would use, sort of, this indirect tug-of-war with no one speaking directly, what's the issue, is what's going on. Many times parents don't want to hurt the kid and say, you're not doing well in class. I got a quote from the yeshiva, you're not doing well. You need to sleep more. You need to study more. Instead of doing Uh that, we're just pushing, learn, learn, I got you a tutor. No, I don't want a tutor. The answer is you need a tutor. You're not doing well. You're not doing the best that you can. So this indirect communication is really what's the problem instead of being direct. What is the problem? Let's face it. What is your side? What is my side? You need to do well. I need to make sure that you're doing well. When you're doing well, I don't mind what time you go to sleep. Uh So, try Bye. being direct with your mother on the two, three places where she's telling you to do things. Be open with her. What's really bothering you about it? Okay. Make sense?
1: Yes, thank you so much. So, I just want to thank you because I was the one to ask the question a couple days ago. Um, but on um, the question of the answer, they right answer anyway. Thank you very ah, much. Oh, that
0: one. Yes. Hatzlacha. Yes, and your next, next stop. Thank you. Did you do the research on <laughs> me at the end? On what? Did you do the research on me? If I learned from the yeshiva or not? No, not yet, not yet. Okay, <laughs> fine, we'll get there.
1: I will, I'll, I'll text it back to you. <laughs> okay,
0: thank you, Baruch. Thank you very much. Shkayak, My pleasure. I really it. Lachan, so for those, of you, for those of you calling in, uh, listening in now, you are listening to your host, Mordechai Weimerger, LCSW, Mordechai Weimerger, licensed cl- clinical social worker, and we're here to answer your questions and answers. We have Yankee online. One, Yankee, you're on the air with Mordechai. Hi,
2: Mordechai, how
0: are you? Baruch Hashem, fantastic.
3: What's um, what's go. I first wanted to start with thanking you for your wonderful program that you have. I really enjoy it. Yes. And um, I first wanted to just say a comment and I wanted to ask you a question.
0: So, first, thank you for the first part that you appreciate it. I appreciate that. Go with start with your comment.
3: Uh, I just wanted to say to all the listeners that I recently, well, I'm saying in the past few years, I've suffered from anxiety. And Barfishan and I went for health. And I wanted to just say that, like, you don't realize the difference. In life, and you're free from all the fears and phobias and everything else that bothers you, and you're able to just be, have such a happy life. Like, I even give an example. Like, I recently was able to be like a shamer for a mace, which is something I never even dreamed I'd be able to ever do. Wow. But I was able to do it without any you know, issues, and just wonderful experience to know that life is so much more open for you.
0: Wow, that is beautiful. And I'd like to add on to that, that I've heard a recently acute story how someone told me a past, so they're not currently, but was a client of mine, and the whole family is talking about how this person just did a certain school and all their fears went away. And the school happened to have been therapy and medication at the same time, but many times people, when you yes. think miracles just happen, of course, with Siata Dishmay maybe the school helped along, but the concept is we also got to do established and life is so much better and so much beautiful. So if you've tried the schools, if you tried the and it doesn't work, know that you can have a beautiful life. That's what therapy is there for. And since I don't recognize your voice, I know you're not a client of mine. So that's that's very good. So there are yeah. people out there that can really be helped. So thank you for that. Now let's go to your question, Uncle.
1: Fine. I actually
3: um, sent you a text a um, week ago, I think it was. That I asked you the question, but uh, I figured I'd just ask you on here.
0: Much better, yeah, I, the amount of messages I get a day, sometimes my head is just spinning, just reading that and trying to decide which question and answer should I answer today.
3: Right, I figured so okay, so, Thank um, you. so my question was like this i had uh, well, I told to you that I had anxiety, and whatever as I was you know getting better and better, I'm realizing now that like you know part of my fear is also speaking publicly or or doing things in the public yes and and now like instead of not feeling scared like stop now like I enjoy it like, yes I remember
0: your question I, now yes
3: and like no I'm just like wondering like what happened all of a sudden like like is this just gonna start down because if I'm excited that I'm past it or is it so let me it my sh- nature like
0: ah let me share with you a beautiful concept and let's take a step back when you had all your fears and anxieties what were you dreaming about did you dream about speaking confidently did you dream about doubling for the um, Amid? I remember you wrote that in the text as well yeah for sure that's sure. right. So, for all of you listening now, I'd like you to know a major secret, and some of you are going to be so shocked and go, it's not possible, but I will share it with you. The secret is that when we dream a certain dream for years, halavai, we can do something, that's our real power. No matter how quiet you are, no matter how impossible it seems, no, that is the matana that the Rabbani Shalom has given you, and you were born with that, and it's your destiny to fulfill it. However you do that, know that that is your dream and your koyach. If it's something that we want, like a Shah, like you want money, you want fame, if it passes in a year, saying, nah, I don't need it now, or two years, it's not your real nature. It's not who you really are. But when you dream of it, you have that for years, that's who you are, and until you don't get to it, you won't feel fulfilled. So now you wow. can understand... Look at those dreams that you have. If you dream about helping people, you dream about opening up organizations, you dream about affecting people, you dream about just speaking publicly, doesn't matter why. Don't believe it's for the covet. I spoke to someone recently, he told me he has a dream of speaking in front of Madison Square Garden. And someone goes, oh, is it because of the money? And the person says, no, it's about affecting people. Understand that is your power. What are your dreams? And for each of us listening now, understand, listen to those dreams. Are those dreams giving love? Are those dreams just affecting people? Are those dreams of quiet and peacefulness? Understand with that power, there's huge power to quiet. So let me ask you something, Ruby Uncle. Tell me some of your dreams now, if you feel comfortable. What are some um, of those dreams that you thought are not possible, impossible for that ever to happen?
3: Well, I don't really have, like, such long term dreams. Well, more like, I say, like, that's a truth. Like, I say, I don't want to just, feel, like, in kind a of quiet corner, like, to be loud you know, like, like, on the TV. Good. That's
0: one dream. Type of thing. Excellent. So, one dream is that you're a Gashmaka person. Whether you are or not, we'll find out in a minute. What's the second dream that you feel? doesn't need to be long term dreams.
3: Um. I don't directly if you to, right, like, let's see, like, speak to people on, like, the house account, but, like, not least practical.
0: Sorry, say that again. It wasn't that clear.
3: Let's like speak to people, uh, like give them chesed, things like that. Excellent. So it's not so practical, though. Uh, uh, don't
0: go into practical or not. First, notice your koyches that your has given you. What else are your dreams that you think about? That only you know. Those um. P- and it might sound like, how will I ever be that type of person?
3: And I was thinking like the um actually it has to do along with lines of the therapy, like I was usually thinking of as starting an organization, so it's a um you know, give money to people to help them with the therapy and that people shouldn't stop because of money.
0: Beautiful. So you have a power that's a kayak to help people that are stuck in a situation that they should continue to be able to follow through. Right. Now if you would take these three four points and just listen to them, And just write them down. I would love to speak to you 10 years from now, Merit Hashem, and see how many of those you've done. You will find that as you follow this path of inner Klayach of what you have, you will find that that will get you happy. As you follow this path, any which way it could be, you will find yourself being more successful and enjoying life. And the less you follow your inner Klayach, it might be what the whole world says is successful, but it's not your path. You'll find yourself down, sad, and depressed.
3: Right, I I just wondering, like, why was this? Why was this the point that I had such anxiety over? And like, now yeah, it's like what I enjoy. Like,
0: well, like anxiety. Fear. You would probably, if you've gone through the therapy, you're able to identify what was holding you back. What were your fears? What were the negative thoughts? What were the the irrational beliefs that you had?
3: Well, it was more fear of rejection, not that's, being respected by people.
0: That's right. That's right. So who you are was being held back by beliefs that you had that were not correct. And those are weights pulling you down, drowning you. As you learn how to tackle each of those weights and you cut them off, now you're free. And if if some people have, let's say, 10 negative beliefs or rational beliefs holding them back or negative thoughts or fears, you might need 10 sessions, one session for each of those. Sometimes you might need three sessions for each of those issues. Whatever it is, but once you're free, your personality is now free to shine. Makes well, sense.
3: Do you. you think it makes sense that even something which you're afraid of and scared of it could actually be your real talent that you really have and it just lives
0: I would being even bogged down. S- I would say that and I would even add on stronger words. Your natural talent as a kid you are using and many people have knocked us down. And many people said it's not possible. And many people have their fears out there. I'll give you a story. A client came into my office yesterday and sees a picture of my family on my desk. and goes, you know, does it pay for you to work so hard just for your family? And I said, what do you mean? And he goes, yep, I know you're working just to support your family. And it's really hard. I go, isn't that interesting how you're making a projection? Yes, part of the reason why I'm working is for my family. But there are other parts. He goes, nope, you're only working to support your family. And I think you work way too hard. I thought that's so nice of you. Now, what happens is I told him, so you're walking into my office and you're attacking me for the assumption you made that I, why I'm working and you made an assumption I'm working so hard and now you want me to slow down working because of all that assumption. Now, is that right? And he started laughing. Understand that when you are successful, people will share all their, people will project their fears, their successes onto you. Who knows, as a kid, how successful and how you were using your nature, you were shining, and how many messages you got that knocked you down, that therefore you're now afraid of your power.
3: I, I hear.
0: So, what you you've think learned... Could be, what? be
3: just that, you're saying. I think you're saying it could be just that. like I was That's using right. my talent and That's right.
0: Just- sure. How many times you know? You sound like a yeshiva bacha, basically, or newly married. Correct? Yeah. All right, so how many times do you know a Bach is a yeshiva personality? How many times does he get comments going, Oh, so you did that? You did it for the Stoltz? You did it for the guy? Wow. And everyone's like giving him comments, and they're, and they're sort of snide remarks. Do you think that person's going to have the confidence to continue doing things? With every time they do something, there are comments and snide remarks when you're using your talent? But we are, we sure. are human. Words affect. Emotions affect us very seriously. And... What we learned and what you've learned through therapy is how to address them, how to identify them. And my success, how I deal with when people do this, is to discuss it openly. So I told the guys, now that you've projected that onto me, you've decided what I'm working, how I'm working. And I'm saying that and you're still repeating yourself. And now you want me to still go into that? And we were just laughing. We made a discussion and we go, so understand what's happening here. You're projecting. We turned that into part part of the session. All right, your (laughs) uncle. Keep on very growing. Chazak okay. Hashem. I should be zeichet to be able to do this in this position. You should be healthy. Forget about this. And maybe 10 years from now, you'll give a call saying, you know, 10 years ago, you told me and this. It'll be very nice to see the successful person, Merz You will be then. Thank you for calling okay. in.
3: Thank you very much.
0: You're welcome. We are going to Brandy, to Brandy on line five. You're on the air with Mordechai. Hello? Brandy, line five, Brandy, Brandy. All right, for those of you, hello. hello? Yes. Yes, I'm
4: sorry. Um, I wanted to ask. Um,
0: yes, you know, just hold um, on a second. The number to call, and for those of you that would like to ask a question or comment, is 718 683 5858. That's 718 683 5858. And if you'd like to text a question, you can do it to 347 927 8398. Just be aware that if you ask it verbally, we will be taking your calls much quicker. Again, all calls, questions, looking forward to taking it. It's your host, Mordechai Weimager, LCSW. Of course, got to be family from appropriate for the whole family, as well as no parenting questions under the age of eight or nine years old. Um, what's your name, by the way? Brindy? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so you're on the air. Okay.
4: Um, so um, I have a special needs child that's seven years old, and... Rosh um until now, I was um, coping very well with it, um, but lately, um, just before the summer, um, things beca- became a little bit overwhelming, and sort of, like, each time, like, he even he only opened his mouth, uh, I became tense. Yes. And um, I was telling myself the whole time, he's going to camp, he's going to camp, things will be better, and talking now he's in camp, and things are talking better. I'm not saying that I don't have tense um, dreams and, and, and sleep with clenched teeth, but um, things are better, and what I want to know is, what can I do that when he comes back, I should be a relaxed mother and not, and not the way I was before he left the camp?
0: So, I'd like to give you two bits of information, and I'm going to be a little bit direct, okay? You give me the permission to do that? Yes. So, I'm going to explain, I'm first going to say my sentence, and then I'm going to give you a muscle that I do with many of my clients, and I've done it on the program, on the phone line, things like that. Understand something. When you're under stress from 1 to 10, and let's say the average person should be a 6, and let's say your stress and anxiety is a 15, and it goes down to a 10, which is way beyond the normal... But because you're used to 15 and now you feel a 10 you think 10 is normal i'm worried how do i get that how do i get to how do i not get to a 15. when you've mm-hmm. said now you have clenched teeth and you're tense understand yeah. this is a 10 for the world and it's a sign i need to change i need to get help your body is begging for help you're begging but how for
4: can, i can't change the situation hashem gave me this trial oh, I can't we're gonna change get the situation. there in
0: a minute brian we're gonna get there first i'm giving you the information Okay. The information is your body is begging for help. You do not go for help, chasashal, people are dying right and left of heart attacks because of stress and anxiety. Understand that. We're not going to get what is the solution. Understand that if you do not change and your body is screaming to you, clenched teeth and stressed when the main issue isn't there is a very not good sign. It's your body saying, I can't handle it. Something has to change. We'll Mm -hmm. get to what in a minute. Could you just stop a second and listen to what your body is telling you? Your body is saying, Brandy, if you don't stop or change what you're doing, the way you're doing it, chas v'shalm, next is coming, headaches, backaches, migraines, depression, anxiety, sleepless nights, yelling Mm -hmm. and screaming all the time, people are not going to want to be around you, you're going to become the Rachmanis of the town. I am just stating a fact, let be if you continue what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Do you understand that? Yes. Now, let's take it to the next step. Now, I I feel I'm very tough on you because you're in such a difficult situation that how dare I be tough and not give sympathy. And I will probably be getting a lot of (laughs) messages from so many people when they hear this. How were you so tough on her? And the only reason why I'm being tough is because I believe there's a little, like, tough love. I need to come across strong for you to hear that it must change. Now, if you change or not, that's up to you and the rabbi initial. I need to get the message. So now let me give you the gentler muscle that I give to many people. And the question goes as follows. Mm. Why is it that people with clean cars are always going to the car wash? Isn't that an interesting phenomenon? Let's do another point. Why is it that people, their house is always clean, are always cleaning their house? Let's try it differently. Why mm. is it, and I'll ask now a steer It should be other, the other way around. Why is it that mm. people that are angry, are angry, are always angry, they should really be calm, and people that are calm should always be angry? Why is that? And I'll explain it. Imagine someone's got a pot from 1 to 10 filled up, They are stressed. They yell it out. It's out of their system. And now they're calm to a one. And then it should take a while till it fills itself up. So they should be calm. Meanwhile, calm people, they're stressed in and they bury it. And they bury it more. And and they're burying it. They should be yelling and screaming all the time. Why is it that calm people are calm and angry people are always nervous? What would you say is the answer to that? I'm not sure. Okay, I'll explain it to you. Because what happens is calm people. Let's go to the clean cars. People that have a messy car and they clean them all the time, they know how to organize the file. They know how to say, okay, we're throwing out all the cups, all the bottles. We have clothing over here. No, we take it out of the car for four weeks till it comes back from the summer. They know how to clean it. Okay, now we need a car wash. Now we need a vacuuming. Now we have to have the car smell. They know how to process the mess, how to clean it up. And this, mm-hmm. but people that don't know, they wait till Erev Pesach and then they throw out everything because they don't know how to organize. Same as with emotions. People that are angry don't know how to deal with the anger. So it builds up. When they explode, it goes from a 10 down to an eight because they didn't know how to clean out number 876543 issues. So it mm-hmm. goes to an eight and then someone cuts them off. It jumps to a nine. One other thing happens, a phone call comes in, the 10, and then they're exploding. People mm-hmm. that are calm know how to process the emotions. Now let's take this muscle to you. The de Shlem has given you a huge peckle. And in no way do I want to judge, because I can tell you one of my best friends, Nebuchadnezzar, has a completely disabled child. And I know from inside how difficult the life is, bathing this, this child. I don't want to go into what? Just daily life. Going to simchas, the eyes, the people looking, do you send, don't you send. The family, what a strong and amazing family. But I know from the inside, the little pains, just on a daily basis, the amount of medications that has to be taken. Chas Hashanah, they yeah. miss one of them. It's, it's a life and death situation. Oh, I, yeah. I oh, yeah. So that's why I really want to ask you, Mechila, for being so tough on yeah. you, because I, I did hear between the sentences, this close friend of mine, I know what's going through on the inside. But yeah. all I want to tell you is that you need to find a solution, a system, on how to start clearing up the strength, because if you, the mother, if your husband, the father, does not have a process how to deal with it, the entire family, Chasachon, will fall apart. Dealing with it, and let me tell you something that's gonna sound a little bit tough there is a solution, which means not that your son will be better. No, that we don't have yet. Maybe the Ranshlam will one day send her a full Shalema, which the Ranshlam yeah. can always do. But in the Matzah, there are answers, there are solutions. And I always go to one simple example, which is one case that Chasson could be worse than your sons, I don't know, but that is people that they are going to be nifter. Terminal, the medical world says there are no solutions. Some of them, Nabuch, are tense, some of them are very depressed, some of them are very angry, and we understand that we're not there to judge them. But there are many of them that go for therapy, and they're taught how to go through the process when we don't have the solutions and how these people can be nifter a save upon me office with a smile with love mm. with family feeling that it means in every situation there is a choice over our emotions there will need to be changes in what you're doing and those are hard and that's where therapy comes in and that's where solutions come in where you might need to make just like we had that second caller yankee where he said he had to deal he yeah. suffered from anxiety and he had to recognize what are the fears what are some of the fears that you're carrying that you don't want to have goites help you out you don't want to maybe get some financial help from people, so you're trying to do it all on your own. You might need no, to no, not, not, I don't want to go th- I don't want to go into that because yeah. what you need is, okay. is, is, is specific therapy weeks of okay. it. Not because you're a problem, because the massive is a problem. If the massive is a problem, it takes help, it takes you need guidance. You're in over mm-hmm. your head where this need help. You want to become an accountant, you just want to do it without taking a course, impossible. The of just threw you from a bachelor level, from someone going into high school, let's say, to a Ph.D. course. The of gave you major stress mm-hmm. and anxiety. There is a way to deal with it. But the only way to deal with that is if you get lessons how to deal with it. So all I'm telling you is anxiety, part of that, the stress, can be guided, can be taught, can be trained with Siata Deshmaya. Mm-hmm. So, so what I have to do is to get help. And let me ask you, why do you think help will help you? How do you think uh, help will help you? Because I want to sound a little bit gentler. Um,
4: I guess, um, I don't know. They're give me tools out there. To, um, I don't know. <laughs>
0: yeah. You're going to start recognizing, you know, let's see if we could do it a drop on air. Can you tell me what are some of the stressful feelings that you're going through with this child? What are some of the anxieties? If you want to do this on here, part of it why I didn't want to was, but maybe you'd like to. Would you like to okay. share? What's some of the major stresses that's taking out your energy?
4: Um, I guess he's a child that that needs to be taken care of twenty twenty four seven. If not, he's going to um, turn over the house. Um, fights with the siblings. Um. If you don't look at him for one second, he's going to do I don't know what.
0: Yeah. Sorry, say that again. I was just reading. I wasn't clear. I was just reading some of the messages that were coming in. Can you repeat that? Uh,
4: um, he's he's a child that needs take care every second of the day. If, yes. If he's not taken care of, how will make a mess, turn over the house, fight, um, etc.
0: Yes, yeah. And do you have the tools how to deal with that, that you should have a break? Do you have the tools how to put him maybe in a room or in a place where he won't fight? Do you have the tools how the family can have a little break from him at times? Do you ever take a vacation a little bit of break? Do you ever do a little self-care? So
4: I, I did have um, um, for a long time I had um, girls came to play with him and occupy him for for a few hours but Things um, got worse because the girls also um, finished school and started their summer summer
0: um, summer vacations. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Now even, but I want to take it a step back because you said even before he was away, the stress you're going through, these systems of girls coming. Do you always have to be there and on top of everything? Because I know from this friend, the amount of organizations they have, like like literally papers on the walls. Who's coming Sunday? Who comes Monday? Who comes Tuesday? When was the last time you had a break that for four days it was off your head completely?
4: Um, actually, two weeks ago, my mother said it was enough. I'm taking you on vacation, so she took me to the Falls. I understand but that, that. your mother friend.
0: did that. When was the last time you did self-care, saying, I need a break? Never. That's never. It. I and never that's, did that. And that's part of the work that needs the inner work. For you to start regulating, saying... I am not only a mother of a special needs kid, I am a human being, I am a wife, I am a mother to others' kids. And there is a balance, and it needs to start from you, not your mother feeling so bad for you and grabbing you away, because then it never changes you, so that means when you are on Niagara Falls, you are still with your kid. Your kid is now one of those special needs camps, you're still living with him every minute, because you have not, your brain has not given you the space to disconnect on a healthy level. Till you don't disconnect... Actually,
4: I found myself um, um, after a few hours, there, I, I, I realized that I didn't think of him. And then I was feeling so guilty, guilty that I forgot about him. That's
0: right. That's exactly what I'm talking about. That's exactly what I heard in your question in the first minute. That's why I said it's where therapy is needed. You need to start learning what is a healthy living when you have a special needs child. And that means lots of changes will be done in your life. Reality is your family, Nebuchadnezzar, has a special needs child. But if you don't change, if you don't go for help, if you don't learn to say, I need a break now. I need to take care of myself. I need to have a great show with my husband. I need to sit and talk. I have a schmooze with my husband. Not about my child. Just about me and him. We need to have husband-wife relationship conversations. Just, how was your day today? How was my day today? Other than the special needs child. Other than overwhelm. Having time mm-hmm. with other children. Having time with friends. And not that the friends should go, how do you do it? You're so strong. No. Being a human a little disconnecting in your mind that takes work it's not easy i'm telling you it's not easy i know from my friend and as a therapist that works with people like that it's not easy the guilt that will come up. Am I not a good mother? And a good mother, maybe it's because of Maya virus, Chas and why it happened. We go through so many subconscious guilts that I hear that's yes. underlying. Maybe that's, I'm not
4: doing enough. Maybe uh, I should have given them more therapy, more this, more right.
0: that. That's right. All that stuff. It's not one or two sessions. I'm just telling you that. But that mm-hmm. needs to be healed. And then you can have a magnificent, wonderful family, even with the special needs child, because that's what their Rebbein has given you. Their Rebbein has said, I mm-hmm. believe in you. But he's also saying, I believe for you to balance it out. Don't get overwhelmed. You're still young. Not you're still young. Even mm-hmm. if you're old, but I'm saying you're still young to appreciate no, I am
4: young. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. Okay. Thank you for the question. I hope you forgive me. And for all of you listening, no don't problem. send me messages now about how tough I was. Let's go. Give me a break a little as well. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. We are going to bail off. But those of you that are listening in now, you're listening to your host, Mordechai Weimerger, LCSW. We'd like to thank Nissen, Aaron, for hosting it. If you'd like to take or see the work that that Aaron does for all your simplest or stuff going on, the, what do you call it, the number for Aaron, you can first see it on the Lakewood Scoopy Yeshiva World. You can see it in the green room. It looks unbelievable, like this amazing studio. And it's quite interesting if you ever see what it really looks like with the whole background. But it's all thanks to our wonderful technician, Aaron, that can do the wonders that he's doing. To take him for a wedding, Simcha, is 347-370-9083, 347-370-9083. The number, if you'd like to call in to ask your question or comment, is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. Bela, you're on the air with Mordechai.
5: Hi. (coughs) Yes. Um, first of all, I didn't plan this, but one of the callers about anxiety and the second caller I think it yes, was Yes, Yankee. Um, this was really amazing. I actually this week I just said a little to to and to shed some light for me on this issue and I think you answered all my questions. Um, it was really
0: <laughs> let's go ahead and hear that. Can you share with us with the listeners what questions was I answered automatically?
5: Um always wondering if i suffer from jealousy if i'm a jealous person i struggle with jealousy um i see that it's and, and i know that there's something about being jealous that is related to a lack within you and i didn't know where to draw the line but i, I consider myself a happy content person happy with my lap but i still get triggered when i hear people that did big things yes and i guess I guess it's something in me that wants to go there and I shall try to see if I can go
0: for it. So let me validate 100%. let me validate what you are saying. There's a program, I have an entire program called Jealousy in my phone line That's 718, it's for free 298 2011 and I actually just today got an amazing validation because someone told me there's a wonderful organization where they have a phone line and they have wonderful things similar to what I do, and it's amazing I heard that they charge $120 for all these things, and here I'm giving it all for free one of my chesed, I just didn't know how much chesed I do per person, in wow. a value monetary science, I have an entire program if you can listen to it on Jealousy, and there I bring Macarius, mm-hmm. but one of the Macarius is another famous Archaim Akadosh, brings down that just like a pauper does not dream of marrying the princess, so to actually I remember it now, it's Archaim and the Saras it says no, what is that? it's under there or it's, some, it's one of the series there I'm not sure which one it is it's under Le and he says that when we're jealous of someone it's because we have the koyach within ourselves to get there and he goes over the musals just like a pauper never dreams because he never that a king would be mashadakh with him the same is that if we have jealousy it means we have it within ourselves and we got to learn to use our koyach so this concept is really in our where I've taken that similar concept well, so thank you. So thank I would you like what? you to realize: look at yourself, look at what you're jealous of. People know that that power is within you. So mm-hmm. if you're the quietest person and you have a friend or a relative that's such a joker, such a personality, and you believe it's impossible for you to be there, know that that is really who you are. It
5: was really beautiful. So thank you for
0: that. You're welcome. The number um, also, just to tell people, the number to call for those that would like is seven one eight. Um, 683 683-5858. Yes, go right ahead.
5: Um, uh, just a little bit of feedback before I ask my question. Sure. Last week I asked about my daughter with a friend. She was struggling with friends. Yes, yes. Um, I made her listen to the line. Yes. Um, she called from camp with her pub and the public phone with her card number and the whole thing. Wow. Um, in a tele- old-fashioned telephone booth. And she was very inspired. Um, um, actually, we talk about it often, but first of all, to hear it from a professional like you. Um, which gave part her did her she take?
0: Which part gave <laughs> her? Give me a detail.
5: Um, she said that it is amazing. You mentioned that she should take time for herself. Yes. Um, she also liked the idea, which was also my mistake, that I'm setting her, she's setting herself up for failure 50% of the time. Like, we were both under the assumption that it could work sometimes, you know. Yes. (laughs) But she learned that it won't. Um, You said a thing or two about being assertive, and she also liked the idea that I took time to call in for her. I think she felt, felt, you know, she said, really? I said, yeah, call in, listen to it yourself. And and she said, yeah, I think I need more time for myself. And she's, you know, like you always say, awareness. She's like, she started... Thinking, just yes. new things, new ideas. It was really beautiful. I am hear- actually encouraging her to call in herself, but she's still shy. Okay, so. give
0: her the time. Did you? Uh, last week's program that I loved, unfortunately, it was due to a tightness But we had some children call in, and one mm-hmm. of those girls called up with a similar issue. Did you hear that?
5: Um,
6: One of
0: the girls called up saying that she had a friend that is sort of telling her she has to be her friend. Oh,
5: yeah, yeah. I I don't know if she listened.
0: Okay, but maybe suggest also for your daughter Uh to listen. When she hears other kids going through that and how I did Mm -hmm. a little bit the role play with being assertive with that Mm -hmm. girl, it might help your daughter also to learn how to... mm Yeah,
5: okay. Thank you so much for that. So now going to my question, I'll try to make it fast so I know I'm taking your time. Um, I'm here for that. Thank uh, you. I have a son who's 15. Yes. Doing very well socially. I'm learning very well. Yes. Very happy kid. He had some issues when he was young that were inappropriate. Like he would jump onto people. Like he was young when he would touch people. And we thought it's, first of all, it was very mild. So I couldn't really get the help I needed. It was so like only I was able to see. Like I went for evaluations and nobody was able to. He was doing so well. Yes. Um, Now he's getting older. It's still there. I, I Now, I what's just the, to the
0: s- touching part? That he would, let's say, when he connects to someone, he would touch someone, like, shake the no, hands? No, not anymore,
5: because I told him. Okay. But he's just not... fun. He's, he's not catching on to social cues. Like... Uh, like when everyone laughs, he doesn't think it's funny. Or I'll give you an example. He went. To, he he spoke to Magachir and he asked. And in the he has this very friendly or something or other. And um, they talk a lot. I think they learn together. He's and he's and he came home one day and he said to me um, that it came out in a shmu that he asked his magachir how much money he's making. Yes. So I thought that was like slightly inappropriate when I said it to him he was fine he came back the next day and he apologized he was you know he was very cute I didn't tell him to apologize I said you know it's not so appropriate to ask an adult like how much money he's making like that outright. you know even if he's friendly with you he doesn't seem to catch on to these things and I once read an article on many years ago on sensory processing disorder it sounded like he fit some of the bill I don't know exactly what this is and fortunately because it's so mild and he's doing so well I'm not really getting anywhere. I'm just wondering if you have, if, if it's really sensory us, if it's a problem. I mean, he's 15 I'm already. I'm going to
0: share with you two thoughts. The first you're going to like, the second one you <laughs> Okay. The first is that Baruch Hashem, your son, sounds very healthy, very normal, and the Rebbein has created many different natures, as I always discuss over and over. I have the program 48 and 49 in the English and in the Yiddish section on my phone line. It's 49 and 50, that number is, by the way, 718 298 718 298 and it's a daily, um, uh, we have over there 60-something shiurim over there, and number 48 and 49 is about the different natures. If your son's nature is a leader nature, a more open nature, he feels comfortable asking questions that if your nature is more the quiet, reserved nature, you feel, Ive, he's done something that's not correct. What we need to be aware of is that there are different natures, and each nature must use their nature appropriately with being taught healthy boundaries, and if someone doesn't want to answer, to say no, but they're allowed to ask. So it sounds to me the easy answer that you would like is it's just different natures, and you need to learn to acc- to acclimate yourself, to balance yourself to different natures. Mm-hmm. And in those programs, I explain in detail that when we're one nature, the rabbinic limb purposely marries us off, to the opposite nature, and if not doesn't marry us all, then he gives us one or two children that will have different natures than us, so we got to learn that. Mm-hmm. It sounds to me that if everyone says your son is doing good and no one in the Maggichir is saying, you know, your son is inappropriate, because Maggichir, tell that to you, when you go to, to um, like to PTAs and things like that, mm-hmm. they tell you your son needs to work on this. If they're not saying it...
5: I'll tell you what I'm hearing. They are telling me that he's like a little bit dumb. Like
0: he... Uh, then it's something else to be concerned about.
7: Uh, uh, they, uh, don't, Tom say let's the they don't say it unless i ask it they don't say it
0: no no if they don't say it when you're asking it again it might be you projecting it now let's go to uh-huh. the part that you won't like which one okay. of your parents suffer from anxiety let me go directly I- to it mother or father um or both I permit you to have that choice option. Uh,
5: they all have their issues. I don't know. Exactly. They both have issues. I don't so know. So I'm going to tell you I mean. as follows.
0: You're cooler with your daughter. I was gentle last week, but mm-hmm. I heard how enmeshed and how worried you are for her. Mm-hmm. There's You can tell in the person's voice, and maybe because I'm just doing this this long, when a parent is asking a question or when a parent is feeling with their kids. Mm -hmm. I feel you are feeling with your kids means there's a way, there's a strong attachment called already enmeshed, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. too strong, and that's affecting you. Now, with your question with your son, the way you're noticing every little detail, it is telling Mm -hmm. me, hey, you got a diagnosis, number one, that I call in the from world, which is perfectionist. You do that to yourself. Number two, codependent means you're living through your children and the Mm -hmm. way you're doing it and the way you sound. I can tell one or both of your parents are living through you which is telling me further, the way you're concerned about each kid with what they're going through tells me that there's anxiety going on, which tells me the way you're asking and you're not even aware of it, is telling Mm -hmm. me that it's in the family quite long, that one or both of your parents have it, which tells me one of your siblings have it as well. It tells me a lot of points that I usually build from one bit of information. So now the part that you won't like is, being that you called in the second time now with this Mm -hmm. question, Mm -hmm. it's time for you to go for a little bit of help to learn to let go, let their bunch of run the world. If you would see people, how they're 10, 12, 15, 20 years old, and then you see them 10, 15, 20 years later, and their abundance has taught them all, let go. If no one is doing Mm -hmm. it, if you're picking it up between the words, it's, again, those perfectionists, you're looking for it. And if Mm -hmm. you don't go for help, you might even create the problem. If I ask you right now, does your left pinky hurt? Think about your left pinky. Do you feel it exactly, that left pinky? And I'm talking about right next to the nail by the left pinky. Are you noticing anything there? I get you. Now, if you're going to stop bringing up your son, I don't know if you should have said this. I don't know if you should have said that because you're aware that he is a Tom, in your opinion. You're Mm going to start creating problems. That's the danger when parents suffer from something. We create the problem to so many people. So Mm -hmm. now my words that you won't like that much is I would recommend you go for help, a life coach. Discuss it with someone that's not family, Mm that's a therapist, whoever you'd like, a Rebbitson. But someone that you can speak to once a week for an hour or once a week for two hours, two times a week, just for three, four weeks, discuss it. And I'd like the focus to be you. I feel stressed when I see my kids this way. I get nervous mm-hmm. when I see that. That is the focus that I'd like to put on. Is that possible?
5: Um, I hear you, and I thank you, and I'll tell you why, because I am self-aware, and I'm in a 12-step program for many years, and I let go of a lot, but I'm always happy to hear. I good, mean, so then if you go to a 12 step, good, go over to
0: the 12-step program, tell me you listened to Mordecai Weimer, you discussed it, and now just discuss the two issues with the kids, and how are you still in your mm-hmm. kids? Mm-hmm. How, so you've done amazing work in other places, sounds like, and continue the process.
5: Thank you. Can I ask you a technical question? A quick if one? we can
0: do it 30 seconds or less, because the person's been holding so long uh, after you that I just want okay, to... Okay, so if it's
5: too long, just let so, me know. I heard last time, one of the one of the questions and answers something about the brain, the three parts of the brain. I didn't get it down right, and I'm wondering if it's a place of time to review uh, it. So or let's it do this
0: in short. In short is, there are three layers to the brain. It's a lot more technical than I'm making it, because it's also right and left brain. But the three layers is the top layer... I would even um, search, do a quick little search for this. But the top layer is called the cortex. The middle layer is called the amygdala. And the smallest layer, it's sort of almost like that attaches to the shedra. And that's where a lot of parts of the involuntary part of the body works. The heart, the breathing, the lungs, and all that stuff Mm -hmm. are there. But it's so much more advanced. I don't like making something that's so complicated that takes... That takes neurologists years of college to study and to understand which parts are where because the hands and the moving the yeah, hands no, that's and feelings are. In I'm the just cortex. wondering
5: which one is the part, the cortex? So or the them cortex
0: themselves? is about eighty percent of the brain. That's where our logical thinking, a lot. a lot of our movement is there. The amygdala is where our feelings, all the subconscious anxiety lives on that level. And Okay. Yeah.
5: And the body functions are in the other part? Yes. Okay. Thank you so much for your time.
0: You're very welcome. Keep on going for help. I appreciate that.
5: Thank you. Have
0: a great day. You're welcome. Thank you. So we are going to go now to Rifki, Rifki online one. If you can just hold a minute just before we take, go to you. Um, I, there is a question that someone has asked. I wasn't going to answer it on air because I mean on the text, but I'm just going to do it because I appreciate. You first asked, how do you get through to Rabbi Weinberger not on air? Then you responded which massaged my ego a little bit. No, you weren't too tough. Very beautiful. So, therefore, I'll just tell you, unfortunately, at this point, it's very hard, and I apologize with all humility to get to me off air, because my phone line itself spends, I could probably say it's between a half hour and an hour a day that we have reached thousands of people a day. So, I can either answer one person's call or affect thousands a day, and I've made the choice to affect thousands a day through that way. And just sifting through questions, what to do, that's my choice. And to help people one-on-one is where I do my private practice. So the two options are really speak to me over here is either schedule an appointment, that I apologize, or my chesed, which I do for this phone line, which is a large part, little initials, my father, this whole radio, you can call in if you're brave enough to do it on air, and I can respect if you're not. I understand how difficult it is. But unfortunately, to get through me not on air is either through a billable hour or send a t- question, which I get 30, 40, sometimes a day or sometimes five a day, depending on the day, and I will choose whichever one is unique that I feel will help most people. But to get to me off-air is either on-air, is either here or schedule an appointment. So I apologize for that. And I, and I don't even mention my office number for that reason. I'm not looking to for this to be the method of generating clients. Yes, it has. And yes, I appreciate it, but this is not the main purpose. And that's why I don't advertise my office number at all on this radio venue. Um, Rifke, we're on the air with you now. Hello. Yes, thank you yes. for holding such a long time.
8: Yeah, it was wait. <laughs> It was worth it, I think.
0: I appreciate um, that.
8: My first, first, I want to comment on the what you told the other person before, that your dreams are where your potential lies. It was a very, like, empowering statement to hear. So thank you for that.
0: Excellent. Tell me, what did you hear of that? Where are some of your dreams? Whoever likes it, start listening to your dreams. <laughs> well, I'm too young, but eventually... <laughs> oh, please. I'm telling you, the person that said that he wants to dream about speaking in front of the entire Madison Square Garden, the person had the dream when he was about 12 years old. Yeah. And no, the guy was an extremely I, quiet I person him. at that time, so <laughs> No, well, I love very much this whole um Good. I'm pushing you. Tell me one no, or two dreams I'm that very you think of like places.
8: marriage and all these kind of stuff. I'm, I love all these, um I don't know, marital counseling maybe, <laughs> but eventually. So my question is about marriage. Do men need to vent their feelings just to say just um, as much as women do, or do they have a different way of processing their emotions.
0: Okay. Let's explain the question even even more. I'd like you to ask that. What? Uh oh uh, your question is a fully loaded question. You want everything else. Right.
8: Okay, just like
0: So do let me put it to push you this my way. The husband, world likes to say the world likes to say that men process process emotions a different way. I would like to say that in my couple's work, it's amazing how I find things so different. Which means I find women that I call them with men brains. And I find men with women brains it means I find men that are very emotional, and I find women that are very not.
9: Uh-huh.
0: I would like to not classify it as men, or men need to process emotions differently. I would like to say that it's that complicated that, that it depends on what's their personality type. Okay, I know my
8: husband is more like the women type, and I'm like you know, ah,
0: well, it's like more. That's really exactly style. why I felt the yeah, question so was a I feel attractive. like
8: when well, my husband sometimes he's gonna tell me after he's gonna tell me something like. He's going to, like, you know, finally he let it out. And he's going to feel so good about cheering it. So I want to know, is it good for me, like, to push him to open up? Or should I just, you know, just let, it, let him be a man? And maybe just doesn't want to share everything with his wife. And that, that, that's healthy. Yeah,
0: That's
8: what I was wondering.
0: So I would like you to realize, let's try these things differently. Your husband's emotional. What are some of the requests that he makes of you? In which part? Okay. What do you think you need to change in the marriage?
8: Let's I'm focus. Oh, just talking on... about being open. Good. What like?
0: do you need to change? I'm very in order?
8: open. Whenever he tells me he wants me to do something, I'm like so accepting of it. I love to hear and.
0: Uh huh. Then what's the issue?
8: No, my issue is just generally speaking. Do men need to share as much as women do? Like I always have to vent all my emotions and. Do men, so always when I, you know, and he feels like, okay, he doesn't have to tell me every nitty-gritty thing. So that's my question. Do men need to vent just as much as women do, or they just have a different, you know, they don't need to.
0: So if in your question, hearing so I'm like hearing that. two opposites. That's my difficulty. I'm hearing two opposites that are going on. I heard the first part is that you are the one, your husband's more emotional, and you're the one that's more doing things. And then I heard you asking, generally, the emotional one is the one that needs to vent more. And then I hear you saying that you're the one doing more venting. I'm a little right, confused. Right, I am doing more the venting, and I want to know if... So how is he more emotional, and you're the one doing more venting? Explain that to me.
8: Because maybe I'm, I love working on communication in marriage, and I'm like... Do very, you like, like um,
0: talking a lot, and you maybe don't give him time to process? Could be. That means, someone asked what? a wonderful child, I heard this from a Farish. It says, we know that in the Tyre, there's 613 supposedly oiseous in the Tyre, can I get every neshama and klai's soul. It's a medrash or something like that that's brought down. Now, if you count it, there's only about 300,000 letters. So oh. I heard it from an amazing girl of WhatsApp chat, and they said between every ice is a space, and the space is also considered a letter. When you what? talk, do you give your husband the space to breathe? Okay, let's discuss this topic, or you bombard him with 10 topics at once, and if he's an emotional guy, he needs to think it through and balance it. Yeah.
8: Right, no, let's I'll ask him what are your dreams, or...
0: And then um, 10 seconds later, like you're already shooting your he did that
8: day. He's going to feel like...
0: And what happens, like, hold on, hold on, Rivki, what happens if he needs a day to process the question and then give you the answer? And you, got to, you gave him three minutes, and he has okay, an no, answer.
8: Sometimes I tell him, okay, for next week, share with me something, and he's going to still have a hard time, like have to make an hour time, and have to go for a walk. and have Hold to, like, on, so really, now why
0: are we calling him emotional? Why are not we calling him a little bit quiet? A reserve nature. Why are we calling him emotional? Which part of him is emotional?
8: Which part of him? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'd say like he's very um, warm. He has a lot of feelings. He's like more warm than yes. me, I would say. Yes. And he's more like um, very social and he has a lot of friends and he, like in a deep way, social. Like he shares a lot with his friends. And uh,
0: So all I will tell you fun. is not to create problems or things. There's a lot more to your question that if I would be not on air, I would go very direct. And it's too long. What I would say <laughs> is be aware that there's a lot going on in your marriage that's not being discussed. Uh-huh. Which means there's a lot of feelings that he's not feeling safe or comfortable to open up. And being that you're so the go-getter type, when I'm not blaming you, and I'm saying being that you're that way, being that you're one type and he's the other type, the communications haven't worked itself out yet. So if he's able to be his thoughts and share that with others, with friends, but not with you, means there is something going on. Maybe in his past, his parents didn't know no, how to No, I wouldn't say
8: that he shares more with his friends than he does with me. He just has a harder time, like, opening up.
0: So, and he tells it to
8: me, like, he has a hard time. So, so discuss- let's
0: rephrase that. With friends, he doesn't have the hard time opening up as hard as with it you. He certain issues, you know, he'll rather discuss with friends. Exactly. And so I-, I want to thank you for your question. Wonderful. Mm, okay. I appreciate yeah. it. And Hatzlacha. Yeah, okay,
8: thank Excellent. you Excellent,
0: so my pleasure. We're going to Avigail, and then we're going to go to Jack. So, guys, please hold on. We've got to, just before we go, Avigail. just before we take it to you, um, we have a question this person has been asking the same drusha over and over, and I, I appreciate the difficulty of your situation, but there's so much going on. Family says this person's borderline, the husband doesn't want to go in for help. This question cannot be dealt with just by a text. If you're brave enough or strong enough to publicly, you can do it on air. But there's no way, and I see you're just sending the message over and over, or at least two, three times with everything. It cannot be addressed on air. I'm sorry. So if you'd like, either be brave enough to call it in, or I understand why it's private and you don't want to, and I can respect that. But uh, you don't have to send it again because I will not be able to address that question on air. Someone just has a quick question. I enjoy your show. I have a problem. Um, that I've got to hear. It is. Thank you for your amazing show. I got engaged a few months ago, and I'd like to know if it's normal to have crazy fears, like if he's the right one, etc. It weighs on me down a lot, and I know, and I don't know if it's related to or not. But I was hospitalized for heart palpitations. And in short, you're talking about someone generally that has anxiety, and anxiety can even manifest manifest itself in heart palpitations. In fact, if you would just Google the statistics of how many. People that were sent to the hospital for fears of heart attack and its anxiety, I think the percentage is almost 30 to 40 percent. we got to look it up to be exact. But a huge number. That means four out of ten calls or three and a half out of ten calls were really anxiety. So, yes, it's personal, normal to have doubts. Am I marrying the right guy? Or am I engaged to the right one? It's extremely normal to have. Avigail, I'm just going to ask you, um, we hear a lot of feedback in the background, like movements and crackling. Not right?
10: once I am with you, I'm going to move over here.
0: Okay, so then I'm right just... now, what well, we're still hearing you, so now I'll put you on hold so we won't hear you, and then I'll go right back to you. All right, so you're on hold, you can do whatever it is, and it won't be. Um, but understand, the minute you said that you are hospitalized, it also is telling me there might be a lot of anxiety going on, and go for help. It's normal to have concerns, but not overwhelming fears. Not, oy vey, I've done it wrong, not where you're not able to sleep at night many nights. Yes, one night you can have a doubt. You might have one conversation that it wasn't so good. You might have met, but to go through that and how palpitations tells me it might be a lot serious than that. All right, we're back to you, Gail. You're on the air with Mordechai.
10: Hi, Mordechai. First, thank you for your program. It's a wonderful program. Thank you. Um, and I want to just comment on the person that called about our 15-year-old son. Yes. And he's spending up for therapy. So I have a daughter who is about 13, and I would say, that asking a mashgiach how much she owns, is not appropriate, and the child needs help. Whether the mother needs help is one thing, but there is something wrong with the child.
0: Now let me ask My you, opinion. well, hold on, before you do that, because I am not. personally d- disagree with that, if you have a kid that's very open, that's very clear, do you know how many times I have clients that ask me, how much do you make? If you get close, she said that her son learned with a mashgiach, and if the son learned with a mashgiach is an open personality... And let's assume they're talking about how much people make. We don't know what the conversation was about. They might be talking about different salaries. So you ask how much do you make? Or roughly?
10: So I was missing the part that he's so close to the mashgiach, and
0: I apologize. Okay, but that's my point. My point is that we don't know details. When I, get a call, I yeah, when I get a call, if I hear it once, if she would have just told me that, I would have said maybe, being that I dealt with her on the last phone call last week with her daughter and being that i see how things are happening with the concern on that tom and no one is mentioning it to her unfortunately when there are problems today the Mashgichim and the maghachirum tell you right away because then there when there are problems there's there's problems they tell you if you ask i know
10: i have i have a daughter
0: exactly police, so, so i know that yeah okay. i'm dealing with it okay
10: basically my question is about my daughter um first let me just say that i'm a mother who gives a lot to her children i invest in them a lot
0: really. wonderful
10: But my daughter, for some reason, has a six-year-old boy, a six-year-old brother, who isn't only a boy. I have many girls and one boy. And she feels that he gets more from me than her and that I. she's basically very jealous of him. And I I don't know how to deal with it. And I just want to reassure her that I love her and that I love him. But because of the age of gap between the two. Unfortunately, I give him, I sort of forgive him on things that I would not forgive her or if I pronounce it right.
0: Excellent. I love this great question because this is a fantastic parenting question that we can address in theory right now. The question is, and I'll tell you even a stronger question that I have, is I have a parent or had parents come into my office saying, what do we do? I have one kid that we give more time to we give more gifts, and this kid is saying, You will hate me the most, or You love me the least. Right. Now, how do you deal with that? And many times, what I find is we're not listening to that kid, which means we tell the kid, What do you want? And let me explain it to you one theory how kids judge love. And I quote this many times from Dr. Abraham Tversky, I've heard it from him. Kids spell the word love if four letters T I m e time and therefore when we have new babies and the mother is busy holding the baby and feeding the baby and changing the baby and you're busy because babies newborns are so needed all the time many kids feel jealous in fact sometimes even husbands feel jealous and what happens is because we judge love by spelling a t-i-m-e time what you want to do is sit down with his daughter and go What do you need? Let's not look at this kid. What would you want of me for you to feel completely loved? Would you like me to walk with you? Would you like me to buy you a present? What would you like? And that feeling, once the kid can discuss what they want, that is all that they need. We think that kids need so many special stuff. They don't. Sometimes the kids will say, I just want you to walk with me to the grocery alone without this kid.
10: But I do give them that kind of uh, Listen to what
0: I'm saying. It's not giving, it's asking. Asking them what do they need. Not what we assume they need. It's that discussion that we need to ask.
10: I understand.
0: It's very Um, different when we think someone needs that extra gift and really all they need is time. Do you know how many times... No, but I
10: do give her time. I'm not asking.
0: Okay, it's not what you're giving, it's how you give it. Do you know how many times I have wealthy people and they tell me the quote that I say over and over? People are so poor that all they have is money. And they go, my parents buy me everything. They give me the greatest tutors, but all I want to is discuss with my father something else other than whatever or spend time with my mother and not that. So let's understand the secret that I'm telling you just to change what you're doing. You're doing 99.9% right, but that 1% is what's missing. Ask her, what can I do? For you to feel that you are the most special kid, because I want every one of my kids to feel special. And it cannot be don't do with others. It's what can I do with you. Try that this week and get back to me next week. All right? All right. Okay. I think you will right. find a huge shift with this little detail.
10: I will, and I'll call you. Shame, to and if it doesn't week.
0: work, call back as well. You know, we take feedback both ways. Thank you.
10: Okay, thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Okay, bye. Um, we are going to go to Jack online too. Jack, you're on the air with Mordechai.
9: <clears throat> Mordechai, thank you very much for inviting me last week to come on the phone uh, on your on your uh, program, and I really thank you very very much.
0: Remind um, me. Oh, you're the person that called after, so let me share with them. Um, everyone, I gotta guess say this clearly. I gotta give my, no, I, my. I need to give my little disclosure over here. I'm not endorsing Jack with what he's saying. He just called up and said that he has something he would like to share that might help people. And I said, with pleasure, anything that can help Claudius roll, go ahead. But I am not endorsing it. I don't know you. I haven't seen you. I've never met you. So it just sounds wonderful. So go ahead, share two minutes, what you'd like to share. And we well, will I go. would
9: hope you give me more than two minutes. <laughs> um, abs- I'm
0: going to ask you if we can do it in less than that, or two or three minutes. But it's really meant, this is meant for call and program to help people. So I feel the awareness is good, but...
9: Okay. Well, yeah, this isn't an I, infomercial.
0: We're not advertising. Even my own phone number, I don't advertise for my own program, so I'm not even trying to get clients from this. It's more to give information. You can give the information and go ahead.
9: Let uh, that let, uh, happen, happen what will may. Now, what I would like to say to the, your, your listeners is that I am a group leader in a program called Recovery Incorporated. I've been a group leader for the past 42 years in the Borough Park Y, on a Monday night from about 8.30 to 10 o'clock. The reason that I'm, I, I'm in this program is because I was a lost soul uh, at one point in my life before coming into this program. had a lot of emotional problems, depression, anxiety, jealousy, you name it, lack of self-esteem, and you, what have you. And so doing, I happened to have reached this program. Somebody told me about it. I, just, I feel very, very, like it was Min for me that I, yes. that I sat next to somebody in the shul one time many, many years ago, and he wound up telling me about this program, and I've been involved with it ever since. It's a form of cognitive therapy, and our... Our psychiatrist, is, is by, psychiatrist by the name of Dr. Lowe founded Recovery back in 1937. He was doing cognitive therapy back in those days. I know it became fashionable in the 70s, but uh, Dr. Lowe was doing it in the late 30s. It's, it's really being able to use your mind, use your thought process to calm yourself down, to de-stress yourself, to get a grip on yourself, to develop... Everything that's what we're taught in the Ashorim, periaavos and all these areas. And I'd like just to read something from Victor Miller, who I adored dearly. Great. A, and, a, that,
0: and after that, we'll just announce your number, and we'll again allow us, you know, and then we will good. go to the next caller. Okay,
9: the name of his safer it's on the Shabbos Drush's, Rabbi Victor Miller, called the Path of Life. Sure. I want to say, what he's, on page 226, it says, a person may be burdened with many obstacles or handicaps that he was destined to have. That is his muzzle. But he is able to utilize his free will In a way to change his fate, and that which was meant to be a detriment, he can transform into a positive, allowing him to achieve a greatness surpassing all these, all those around. So then, the Shila that I have is what is missing. What is missing is, is training a person who is not on that madraga, who has a weak will. Beautiful. And that's what our recovery program is all about, Excellent. teaching and training somebody to strengthen their will so they can achieve okay, and do now, what they can have to you, do.
0: Now, can you share your number? And also, just because you mentioned it's a Dr. Lobo psychiatrist that made it, are you licensed, just so listeners will know? I'm
9: a, I am not licensed. I'm not a professional. I'm a group A, a, a group, group leader, leader Excellent. that was confirmed by the organization, national organizations out of Chicago.
0: Excellent. Great. What is your number if someone would like to reach you or help get that help in the Bar Park Y? Go
9: ahead. Okay. My telephone number is 718-372-3946.
0: Say it one more time. 718-372-3946. Thank you.
9: I'm, I'm a resident of Seagate for the past 25 years. I have a lot of friends over he, here, and uh, I'm even uh, going up to to Muncie to lead a group over there. I'm going tomorrow night, which I've been doing now on a steady basis.
0: Excellent, Rob Jack. And, We're uh, going to go I, now. I appreciate it. I thank you, and I'd like people to know that if there are things that you're helping Klayusrol with, please use this as a medium to reach out. I also would like people to know that I do not endorse anything in particular, and I don't give out numbers. I don't even give out my number. But here, if this can help someone. As long as we're aware if the person says the license or not, this has helped them. Go right ahead, try it. It's in the bar park Y. And feel free. And anything that can help Yisrael, I am glad and I have a schuss to be part of that of that process. Thank you, Reb Jack, for calling in. Hatzlacha. We are gonna go now to I wonder how this works over here. Hello? Uh, we are gonna go to who do we have? Do we is this Yitzi?
2: Yeah, it's Yitzhi.
11: Hear me.
0: Excellent. Yep, we hear you, Yitzi. You're on the air with Mordecai.
2: How are you doing? How are you? Thanks again, Mordecai, for the whole show.
0: My pleasure.
2: And, uh, my just, you know, some advice. Um, it's very, I guess, probably you say it happens a lot in the, in the firm community. What, uh, what kind of an ATSA with, like, young guys, guys in Yeshiva, Bachar, I guess, in the ages of 20 to 23, 24, that, you know, learned for a while in Yeshiva? And um, at one point, they just you know people call it burning out. They burn out, and it's just you know it's 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 easier to deal with I guess a non-foreign person trying to bring in a Yiddish guy than to deal with a guy who's seen it all already, and uh, you know trying to convince him to come back to it when he kind of burns out of it. Doesn't go off the you know off the Derech necessarily, but just becomes completely from you know a stark what you call a stark Yeshiva to a um, much chilled, laid-back, hardly learning type of guy. What do you what from your, you know, I guess, you know, point of view, what do you what do you think like would be kind of advice or an or something to do about that?
0: I'm going to take the opposite side. Here's where my little therapist head comes in. And um I don't believe it's ever possible for anyone to chill out between twenty and twenty-three when that's the height of life, when you're looking to build and to grow. Therefore, I am gonna say something that many people might disagree with, and that is if anyone chills out or needs to chill, there were underlying issues. From 10, 12, 15, 18, and at 20, there's a complete apathy, which means there's just no emotion, depressed, and they were missing the core. In fact, there's like a rabbi Israel, Tauber, and there are many Rabbanim that I know, that I've spoken to, that deal with Kerav. They go, do you know the amount of of that we're doing in-house of from people that right. are 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s that are unfortunately Shabbos, or if they're not they're just questioning why am i doing things and we don't have the answer and they've got a burnt off a cool off as we know all the baal are saying if you're not climbing up the ladder you're going down mm-hmm. when was the last time me or you took a shear in 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 hashkaf in when was the last time we learned we prepared ourselves on a safer the, about the kadushas of shabbos when was the last right. time we put a little heart you're talking about the heart of klal yisrael Means 20 to 23, the person's burnt out of the emotion. We're not talking about learning a Blat Gemara. A Blat Gemara is supposed to give us the turn on, but some of us, it's not. When was the last time that person used a Sefer? Mesilz If you're a person, you have so many Chasidish svarim Just for Shabbos, you've got some beautiful svarim. When was the last time you would say that 20 to 23-year-old that got burnt out actually learned a little about the passion of Judaism? You're saying when, but they got burnt out? Let's even before, before they got burnt out, or while they're getting burnt out.
2: So you're saying there wasn't enough foundation and more of a spiritual sense?
0: That's right. And what you find is, you know how they bring people back? That's exactly okay. what they do. They give the spiritual sense of Yiddishkeit, and then the person says, I want this spirituality, I want this rachnus, this is what I'm looking for.
2: What if it's a guy, I understand, I understand that, but what if it's a guy who's I mean, if you try to explain to him anything about spiritual and how the holiness of Shabbos and the holiness of learning Gemara, you become one with Hashem and all that kind of stuff, when he says, yeah, he knows that stuff already, right? he's heard it, he's been there before, but, you know, he's burnt out, he's not interested. It's trauma, not his thing anymore.
0: Trauma. Trauma. <laughs> no one does that. Do you think a 20-year-old, when life is opening up, all the doors are open, and this person is so burnt out, something is wrong here? You show me a 20-year-old person that's burnt out and I show you a 20-year-old person that's been beaten down year after year after year that at this point they're giving up. What I tell people for those that go off the derach, forget about now a rachnius level that they have that they're missing and that's a virus that they're causing but that the Rebbein has his own chedjum and how to deal with that. My issue and I deal when I see the poor kids that are teens at risk that go off the derach is they're missing the tools to succeed in life. These guys are 30 years old, 10 years after that, 15 years after that and they're still not holding stable jobs. They're still not able to have healthy relationships and not able to have strong commitment to anything. You see the damage that they went through. It's not a person that's just um, burnt out. The person's burnt out of life.
2: Okay, so what do you suggest for that? I mean...
0: Ah, now you want to start knowing how do you do therapy on a person that has 10 years of being knocked down every dream that they had, or as we had that second caller Yankee, which I'm mentioning him. He's getting a lot of mentioning to the entire program today, but... This guy, Yankee, saying that his talent is always to speak and to do public, but because different people knocked him down or his fear of failure, you want now all those dis- issues to be cleared up at one shot? Can't do that. No,
2: I'm not talking about a guy who, let's say, he has been knocked down so many times in life. It's just maybe it's more of an internal thing, not from other people putting him down, but just now, internally. Now,
0: tell, tell me about what's going on in his family, if you're saying internally. What's going I think on? His family,
2: he, he doesn't come from uh, from like a... Uh, an abusive God forbid family I, I, I didn't or didn't
0: say abusive, we're saying it's internally dead. Is his family alive? Um, probably not as much as they should be. Uh, let's let's go. there. so this kid has been missing information. That's what I'd like you to realize. This kid is missing or was lacking needs, important, vital needs when he was being raised, and that's what therapy and that's what work has to do. So that's where he goes to care of person, or if he can't even listen to care of person. Then the next step is you got to first send him to therapy because we're worried about his full future. Forget about right now from Kai. Forget about learning Gemara. This guy's entire future will be, I'm too exhausted. I see people that are in my office that are 50 years old. They burnt out of life. There's another quote I have in my daily quotes. And that is people die at 20 and they're only buried at 80. This guy is already dead at 20. That's the danger. That's the problem. It's not Yiddishkeit. It's just a symptom of what's going on inside that this person's burnt out and dead. That's what I'm saying. Those kids that go over the deruch, they're not happy. They're looking for happiness. They're looking for pleasure. It's not happiness. Happiness comes from tough work. sara Agra, you work hard, you'll feel the pleasure. That's where it comes from. And this guy needs therapy. I'm sorry, my friend. I don't have the simple answer for you anymore.
2: And what about a guy like this? I appreciate it. If it's a good advice. Then what about a guy who just doesn't want... Um, you know, therapy. How do that you deal is with the a who... lot.
0: Now you've asked the number one problem that stomps therapists. How do you help someone that doesn't want to get help? And that's a very complicated, that's another 20 minute conversation or call in next week with a question and we'll deal with that. All
2: right, that's a whole separate thing, advice. but
0: that's for this question. 20 year old to 22 that's burnt out is not a simple level. No, there is a specific reason why or specific reasons why and that needs to be worked on. We are going to go to line um, Okay. We just had two people call up and hang up. Guys, give me a little patience to get to your call, you know, having people calling and hanging up. Just a drop. Give me up to that five minutes waiting to take your caller. Um, Okay, so we are going to go to... Who is this person that we got online to that's waiting? All right, you guys are going through it till we get it. Let's go over here. Someone wanted to know again... Um. Here we go. Let's take a question. Oh wow, there are so many that have just come in. I haven't been updating myself with the questions. Which one do we take more? Alright, so and again, we've got so many people asking me about my phone number. I'd like to not do that, so what I'm gonna do is a little indirect marketing then. I'm gonna send you to my phone line, where over there it is mentioned. But that you gotta do a specific call, this way you gotta put the effort to do it. And that number is 718-298-2011. 718-298-2011. There it is mentioned. Because part of it is if you want to discuss a comment or a question or something like that, that's one of the ways you can leave a message through my secretary. And I um, then do that. So if you'd like to schedule, um, not schedule, if you'd like to do it, call up that number and we'll try to do that. We are going to go now. Okay, so about that. Now, someone told us that Urbshul Kamenetsky endorses a book called Overcoming Burnout which is endorsed by Arb Shmuel Kamenetsky. So we'll do that. Overcoming Burnout is the name of the book. That's wonderful if you'd like to do that. I haven't read that, so um, we'll just take it from our callers listening. Um, another caller, we're going to go to Leia. Just hold on, we'll go to you right after. Another text we got is, Thank you for your great show on the subject of jealousy. Can you briefly explain jealousy from a spouse, husband, or wife talking to or about neighbors or friends? Is there a helpful tip that we can be aware how to help the person not have these feelings? I'm sorry, my friend, but I'm not giving over here tips how a husband should help a wife or a wife should help the husband. It's sort of like the last part of his call. How do you help someone that doesn't want to get help? Let's understand you, the spouse, has a difficulty when your husband or wife is jealous and talks to other people all day. And that's a complete different subject. That's why I like when you call in, because we can make the shift to you. We are going now to line one to Leah. You're on the air with Mordecai.
6: Yes. Hi. Yes. Hi. Thank you so much for everything. Um, You're welcome. Like I, just, I heard you were telling someone, somebody was asking you about her son, a 15 year old, and you, she was saying like maybe he was a sort of like a tam, and you were saying, well, that's a problem. And that got me thinking because I also have a son that is like not diagnosed, but people say he's like a Tom.
0: Yes. So, what's the problem? You go ahead. You tell me what are the problems you have in the house when you ask him to do something or, or interactions between siblings. I would like you to tell me. He, Let's also he, clarify. Oh, okay. Wait, hold on, hold on. He's I just okay need to. The... Let's stop a second because okay. this is a culture word, Tom, uh, which means okay. in the literature world, when you say Tom, Tom and Tia, it's a positive. It's a guy that doesn't think too much. It's a person that's being an ovid Hashem. I also thought it. I always thought it's a positive. Excellent. in the Hasidisha world, Tom uh-huh. is someone that's almost diagnosed aspergers. Means they're missing social skills. They're missing mm-hmm. and when you tell them something, they take it almost like the stories of like of the Gylum, like the, the stories go, like the morale told him fill up the bucket of water or fill up the water, and he kept on doing it because no one told him to stop. Right. So we need to understand the word Tom in different cultures. In today's days, Top and Dalit, it means different. And it took me a while to learn that. So in the Sidisha culture, Tom, it means almost Asperger's level, missing social skills, missing common sense. In the litvish world, it's almost the ultimate madrega to call someone, especially in the Yeki world, when they go, this person did exactly, and they say stories that are of Shimon Schwab that he sent in when he filed for taxes. He gave every little detail. And people in the Yekisha kehillah, when they go about their gedolim, limits, how they even paid their company like a $10 check because they might have come home with certain pens, from the company which was considered stealing. So mm-hmm. in the Litvish world Tom is considered one of the greatest madrigus a person can reach to in the okay. Hasidish world it's considered almost Asperger's. So now so, let's understand so, which world are you in when you're saying a Tom? I felt it's culturally needing to explain that. I am
6: I'm in the Hasidish world.
0: Okay. So now, but what I, do you notice I, about your 15-year-old boy? I
6: actually am, I and I understand. I do see, see it as a compliment, as a Tom. But I do see the way what you're talking about, about a, like a social skills problem.
0: Okay. Hey, now, what social skills do you see your 15-year-old son is missing?
6: He's actually not 15. He's 19 and a half already. Okay. But that's so. almost 15. So, But I just... It <coughs> All right. It so it.
0: what do you feel is missing at 19 and a half?
6: Um, social skills. Um, not be able to um, sit down and have a decent conversation. And not with—I'm just talking about with myself. I don't know how he is with outside world. I do hear that he's okay, but I'm saying with myself, I'm struggling with him.
0: Now it can either be he is a tom, and it might be an issue. It might also be an issue that your two communication skills might be clashing. And if you're still doing the same dance, and he's doing his dance, and it won't change. And I do that all the time, and I discuss all the time with marriage. that people could be married for 30 years, and if they're still trying to have the same conversation, someone is dancing hara, and someone is dancing to a calm music, and these two, for 30 years, haven't taken over the earpieces. So you're listening to an MP3 player that's got hara playing, and your husband's listening to an MP3 player that's got this most calm, relaxing chazanas, and you two are trying to talk Mm -hmm. together, it's going to be a problem hundred percent. I agree with you. thousand percent. It's exactly
6: what you're saying. But what do I need? How do I need to change? How do I change the tune or
0: change the dance? So one of the greatest ways that I believe is instead of changing them, it's changing yourself. Okay. There's powers within ourselves. What do you think you need to do to start learning? What music do you think your son is listening to? And I don't mean music. I mean, what type of language does he need you to change to? Should I ask him? Oh, absolutely not! You're his mother. You know from day one this is about you changing. Come on, I have more faith in you than you you have have in yourself. I have faith in you. I think you should have faith in yourself. You don't need that. I do. I do have. That's
6: why I called because I want to know. Great. So I want
0: to shift it onto you. What do you think? You need to speak to him differently, not with other kids, Mm -hmm. but with him, for him, for you to communicate his language
6: what I need to, um, I guess, go into his world.
0: What does that mean? So I am your son now, let's role-play. What do you need to ask me if you go into my world?
6: Um, I guess it's maybe not, uh, his world is Toyota world and learning, and Hasid seen and yeshiva world. Yes. So do I need to go in there?
0: You're asking me, what do you think? You (laughs) want to connect to your son. okay,
6: like you okay, role-playing.
0: Sorry, Mom, I don't understand what you want from me now.
6: <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it said. Exactly that's right. The it it. I don't understand exactly. the word that you're
0: talking about. Now I'm acting like him. I'm actually feeling <laughs> like him. Go <laughs> exactly. ahead. Speak to me in a way that I should understand it. I'm interested in Torah. I'm interested in Chassidus. I'm interested in two tyres. Now, you're a lady. You don't have any of that. Right. So what else can you do? But he's going to get married, and he needs
6: to talk to the lady. Ah, <laughs> oh, so <laughs>
0: we'll get there in a minute. Well, first, let's get there. So... How about we roll reverse? You'll be your son and I'll be you. Go ahead. Fine. Can you tell me, Dvartoy, uh, or uh, uh, something that you heard that interests you that a lady can understand? Um, yes, I could. Not now. I'm,
6: I can't now.
0: It's not... not. Okay. When could you? Um, I'll see you
6: already. I'll let you
0: know. Okay. Is it okay with you if I maybe take a certain cipher that has like the masses of Sadiqim and all those stuff? and we would and i'll share a story and then you'll tell me about the story we'll discuss the story okay okay fine good so let me share with you now a story there was a story of the balshemtov that he went to mm-hmm. find out who was going to be nikpa next to and he found out that it was Namars. So i personally love that story by the way there's one of the famous stories that i love the balshemtov asked after 120 esther shemai if they could please tell him who's going to be buried next to right. and they tell him go somewhere deep in the russian forest meet this person he goes to this person and he speaks to this person, the person says, can I ask you a question? He says, yeah, he says, could you please tell me what I should daven from? Where is the Shabbos, the Shacharis, where is the Mincha, Mairev? He says, I daven every day the whole Seder. And the Baal Shem Tov is mamish confused. This is the person who he's going to be Nicber next to. But he figured, fine. So he tells, He puts the papers in there. This is Shacharis, this is Mincha, this is Mairev. And then the story goes that the Baal Shem Tov had to cross this huge lake. So he put his kerchief down and he stood on the lake. And the kerchief took him right across. Yeah, and then ten minutes later, he's continuing to walk, and all of a sudden, this Russian yid is like right over there, coming over to him, and he tells him, right after you left, the wind came and all the papers blew away, and I forgot which is shacharos minchamayir of where you're supposed to do which is shabbos Davin? So Hashem asked him, how did you get across this big lake? He says, what do you mean? I see, you, I saw you put a kerchief down. You're able to go across the lake. I did the same thing. Hashem Tov said, this guy must be a huge tzaddik or whatever. The Rebbeim wants us to feel. He says, whatever you're doing, continue it. Don't worry. And what I like about it, there are countless Gemaras, I say over and over where the Baskel came, Abaya was Eichhut to have it once a year, Ravah had it, Erev Shabbos, and one of the blood letters, like a medical doctor, Kosi was Shaymar and Snee, has got a message every single day from Shemayim. Not that one is bigger than the other, not that one's Eilim Habas is bigger, we're not going to that, but the Rabbi Yishlam's got his Keshbayness on how he does things, and let's stop judging who's got a bigger title that we assume that that person is greater than us, what the Rabbi Shalom does. We need to do ours. Wherever the Rabbin puts us, the Slam's got is going to give us our Neshanis. We have to grow. Yes, these tzaddikim are much greater than us, but let's let the Rabbin know what he put us, this Gilgal, this Nishama, this whatever is needed, and why I love that story. So if I would share with you that story the entire, what did you take out of this story?
6: That I should let him be what he is and
0: let him... No, we're now making well, a discussion. You're way. now my son. Go ahead. What did you learn from this story?
6: Oh, just, oh, we're still, we're still yeah. doing that. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um.
0: You're now the son. Make a what did you take out of that? I heard the story
6: already. Yeah, I read the story. A lot of times already.
0: Good. What do you like from that story? Uh-huh. We're making a topic out of that. So it's now Yiddishkeit. It's yeah. something that he feels comfortable about. But you're not answering. What do you like from the story?
6: That, um... That they were built to become, That they were able. To, miracles were able to happen, and uh, we have to learn from them and see that um, take it into our world today in our own every in our own world and our own self and our own uh, avoda.
0: Wow, that's that's beautiful. What avoida do you try to do? Uh,
6: just be elchid uh, and just you know.
0: Is there a story recently that you tried to be an el in yeshiva or in the house or somewhere? I have to
6: think about
0: it. Okay, uh, let me I tell don't. you that I tried to do. Today, when I was baking, and I said that this should be a schist, so I decided I'm going to bake an extra cake or something for Chai Lifeline, or maybe the Bekochelem, so I'm trying to do something a little bit extra. Or I baked a cake for my mother, because I know she's having guests, so that's why I baked. Could you think of something that you can do a little extra to do? Do you see how all of a sudden there's a conversation going on?
6: Yeah.
0: Right. We're asking. We're going into their world. That's what we can change. Mm-hmm.
6: So starting in his world, like his, his, his avoided, what he's doing and just switching it.
0: To, That's right. One of the beauties. Normal beauti- conversation. That's right. One of the beauties. Okay. But don't even switch it. Take it in. To go into his world. Mm-hmm. One of the beauties of communication is to let us out of it and to go into them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, makes sense. Thank you very, very much for that. Great. Thank you. My pleasure. You're welcome. By the way, if you would have been in a one-on-one session, we would have spent more time because then I would have had now you role play on me, so I want to hear how you're doing. So I just want you to be. I'm going to
6: do it for my son. I know, but before you do it
0: with the son, I would ask you to try it with a friend or someone else. In my practice, I because I did it on you where I was the mother and you were the kid. But now we need to switch it around and it's different. So try to role play first with someone else, maybe Mm -hmm. with your husband before you try it on your son. Yeah,
6: but but I don't, even if it's not the same, they're not the same type we're talking about, we're talking yes. about a psalm. Yes, yes. but you no st- difference. Yes, uh-huh. yes.
0: Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Thank, thank you, you. So uh, Thank l- you l- for l- that. L- we are going now to Khani. Khani, online two, you're on the air with Mordechai.
7: Hello, I want to tell you thank you for all the awareness you're giving. Excellent.
0: Really, Can you share really with helpful. me one detail of an awareness that you feel that was given or that got?
7: Um, a lot of are like, I have a question for you, actually, about codependent. Yes. You talk a lot about it, and you had mentioned about books that...
0: I don't mention the books, I mentioned there are books.
7: <laughs> are there any special, any specific author that you would recommend?
0: I have a difficulty with that. That means I've recommended several of my clients to go to a book that Dr. Tversky wrote, and they can't find them in any stores. They're almost out of print. So I have a difficulty, mm-hmm. and the problem is, and I'm going to be that very open with you, that being that Baruch Hashem we are from, some of the books, or the books that I recommend, are not from. And in some of those pages are Apicarsus. And it's a major so I went issue.
7: I'm not actually, someone went into the, I recommended whatever, I was talking to someone to go buy it. She went into the Swinom store, and he he pulled up codependent with, like, he's able to get it for me, but, like, with I didn't know which one to choose out.
0: Anything with codependence, just get all three. (laughs) Uh huh. Read, read, and read. Uh huh. Yes. My issue is
7: another another thing. Yes. You mentioned um once, and I was trying to listen to the hotline and hear the number. Not the number. Which therapist I would I would look for when I need? I have a difficulty with a child that he has a hard time expressing his whatever he wants to express. The language. He had speech therapy when he was little, because he didn't talk until he was three years old. And then I already felt that he wasn't he he couldn't bring out his words, like express what he thinks and how he feels like he was very frustrated with that.
0: Yes, that is generally a speech therapist uh, expertise, and you want to find out who's a speech therapist and knows how to help on expressive language because there's some people that are specialties in stuttering. Speech therapy is a huge, is a huge um, expert, is a huge field. So would that would be a regular speech therapist? That would be one of the answers. There are also emotional therapists that can help with that. But the first step would be a speech therapist that part of their language, part of their work is to be able to articulate word retrieval. That's also in special ed. They overlap. But I would mm-hmm. suggest that you start with a speech therapist that has experience in either word, retrie- word retrieval or Or emotional expressiveness, things like that. Uh And you can also do that work, that practice with them. As we say, there are cards. Sometimes there are special cards that you can buy in, like, Teacher's Edition or in these stores that they have for teachers. And it's like a picture. And what do you think happened? And there's a person, like a kid giving money to a person in a grocery. And you go, what's the story behind it? And you have the kid make up the story. Or there's a picture of a dog. And what's the story with, like, protecting a kid? Against the person. Now, what's that story? And you have the person make up the story. That's how you start training them. You can even do those little stuff on your own. Mm-hmm. You can have your, you can read your kid a story and then ask the kid to repeat the story. This is all practice. And if the kid misses a page, you turn. Oh, what happened? Hold on, we missed this page. What happened in this page? He gets frustrated. He would say, "You know it." <laughs> Okay, so again, so here's where it's not anymore two-minute answer, question and answer. Right. Here's now, you want to know the tools. How do I train a kid? So part of that is doing that. Part of that is remaining calm. Part of that is right. telling your kid ahead of time. I'm Part of what we're doing here is when you speak, I want you to practice giving more words to it. So even though I know it, it's not for me knowing. It's not for you knowing. I know you also know it. I want you to say the words. So I'll remind you. It's you staying calm during the process. Right. And you can tell the kid, and I do that many times with my clients, what's bothering you? Or you said a problem, Yeah, my mother doesn't like me, Um, I don't have shown by so what's the problem? I just told you, and I go, I know, but I need you to express it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I like showing off to them, so I'd show them, look, I see all six issues, but now I need you to say all six. And I would tell them all six issues, but you just said it, I go, I know, but your exercise is to learn to express it. And therefore, mm-hmm. you got to do that. So when many times people think they come to me, oh, Mordecai Weimer will do the work. No, 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 no. I might see the issues, but the work is you actually doing it, right? Right. And that's what you might tell your son. So we're practicing with this, but also to be aware that a speech therapist isn't, will help you with that. And mm-hmm. speak to the speech therapist ahead of time what the issue is. So not like just here is my son. Prepare them, and maybe right. the speech therapist will give you the homework to work in conjunction with them. That the speed that the process will speed up. Right. Makes sense.
7: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very much.
0: Thank Appreciate you honey. Your help.
7: I have another comment about a lady that's called before about comments. Tom. Comments,
0: let's take comments. Go ahead.
7: Um I want that you should be aware because I have experience from from you know someone that's close to me that she actually got married also that they were told he's a tom tom tom. Lamasa, it ended up that like she was saying he's missing social skills. It it doesn't only if someone has more issues, it doesn't only you don't only see it, let's say, with discussions. You see it with a lot of different social thank skills. Thank you.
0: I didn't want to scare her off because she said her son is 19 and a half. But I was going to go. Should,
7: she should be careful if he's not going to be Thank you. A half, so let's you go know, ahead and do he'll that. Get I, didn't,
0: married. I didn't want to do that. But let's go ahead and now scare that lady a little. So if you're still li- listening, I don't mean to scare you, but I mean to tell you marriage is a big avoida. And it takes a lot of skills to stay married. It takes even more skills to have a happy marriage. Me many times in this generation, our system society is just marry them off and let the husband or the wife deal with the problems. Exactly. And, and today we are not. Today the divorce rate is up. And unfortunately, when I get those end of cases shalom by so I go, sorry, there's nothing I could help, and they go, Why? And I go, basically, the person wasn't even ready for marriage. Don't exactly. ask me to build a marriage when I first need to build a person. If I had right. six months to a year, even a year and a half building a person, I remove myself from those cases very quickly. Right. And let's understand that please don't marry him off because he might just not be Tom. He might even have a diagnosis of Asperger's. He might have exactly. fears and anxiety. He might be lacking skills. He might have had difficulties or trauma as a kid. Who knows what's going on there? But I didn't want to go scare her off. But since you, you know brought what? that up, let's see. They scare say her
7: marriage off. is not a hospital
0: bed. I love the great list joke similar to that saying marriage is a wonderful institution, but who wants to live in an institution? <laughs> You know what I mean?
7: You know what? A lot of parents are in denial. Yes. And they don't want to say fact that their child has a problem. They're just He's yes. just a tom, he's just a frimid, and nothing is wrong with him. And when they get married and the wife or the husband has to... And let's even make it harder.
0: Since we're already bringing up some of the bag of worms, the, the can of worms that we have over in our society, let's take it further. How many parents know that their child has an issue, but their husband or wife doesn't let them deal with it ahead of time because either they're too weak, or their spouse is the problem, and the spouse doesn't let them get their kids to therapy, and now they're marrying off their kid, and when problems happen, they go, I saw this happening, I tried it, but I couldn't stop it. How many of those yeah. parents are walking around with guilt every second, and I see them, and I meet them, and I'm getting these texts and messages, and I don't actually address those, because I don't want to scare our society, but I get those messages countless times.
7: And another message, if you know your child has a problem, don't force in the other person
0: That's right. That want it. Don't do a death sentence. We know in our society we try really not to get divorced, and many people are too weak to get divorced if it's needed. If the Rav says, let's go along those lines, but some people are not able to, and it's a death sentence. Marriage mm-hmm. for these people, marrying someone that is not healthy, that is not ready for marriage, is a death sentence, and it's even ruining other their children that come. However... Right. We let the gedolim deal with this. We let the Rabanishlam deal with this. And the has created such an amazing generation. If we look at it, we're about 70 years after the war. And look right. how big and how amazing Klai is. Let's not focus on our couple of problems. Let's not focus on the 10% problems that we have. Let's look at the 90% that we've dealt with. And yes, this 10%, we're here to create awareness in our programs. And right. in the phone line and all that. So thank you for that question and comment. We are now going Thank to go you. to Devora on line three. Devora, you're on the air with Mordechai. Hello. Yes. Yes. Um, I read a lot
12: about self-esteem. I read a lot of um, Abraham Tversky's books. Sure. Um, and I realized that my issues, a lot of them, are connected to my low self-esteem. I want to know what I can do. I am going to therapy. But still, the low self-esteem is still a thing that I am dealing with. What well, is something I can do to build. I only read about how great it is to have self-esteem, but I want to know how to
0: really work on my self-esteem. So what is your question? And each of those books should give you the tips how to do it. I.
12: Um, they don't really do. I, I, I have many
0: of these books. They just talk about the greatness of self-esteem. Right, so I would recommend then my phone line on section one number one the number is seven one eight two nine eight two zero one one. 298 2011 in section one number one is the english program called self-esteem where i discuss the benefit of it the need for that as well as the difference of self-esteem and self-confidence and how to build it i give you the 10 tips how to do that mm-hmm. just be aware i'll give you the little short one example to do Write down 15 of your positives, and they can be small ones, like, I am smart, I'm intelligent, I care about people, I have the Shabbos table set in advance, um, I'm in general a calm person, people like sharing advice with, or sh- people like getting my advice, little things like that. I can speak publicly at times. Um, I like taking a break, I'm a great wife, I'm a good mother. All these are positives, and to recognize them as positives, and say them three times a day, out loud, and not with a question, oh, I'm a good wife. No, that's a question to him. It goes with an exclamation mark. I'm a good wife. I care about my kids. Exclamation. As a sentence, as a State of the Union address, you're now President of the United States, and you're speaking, what is our goal for the next year? I am a good wife. Boom. And this is really the State of the Union for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Another point is that you're going to recognize when you don't have a self-esteem, unfortunately, is all those negative words that go through your head. When you're going to say, I'm so good, you're going to start hearing, no, you're not. You're stupid. You don't know how to bake well. You're this. You're good. You didn't help your mother three days ago. You're going to start noticing all those negative thoughts, and that's really where therapy comes in, why self-help books are nice. But you need someone to help you address how did that positive self-esteem get knocked out of us.
12: I am going to therapy since I grew up in a very dysfunctional house, and a lot of the reasons why I am so So I would have you
0: also discuss that with your therapist, because trained therapists should have experience on how to help you build self-esteem, so if you have a 45 minute session I might recommend that you teletherapist. The cuz we spend 10 minutes each session just how to build my self esteem and you know and that I think can help can make a huge difference but I'm just mentioning for the awareness for people to be aware of what they are to identify those negative self talks that we have where they coming from and we need to change that. Mhm okay Thank you so much.
12: I want to let you know that I'm one of your great big fans.
0: Thank you. I the reason why I'm going to therapy is
12: also because of the awareness that I got through you. Thank you. Thank I want you, you so to much. know. I
0: take that as a schoss. And every time people call, and I want people to realize this, I am not saying this, or let's put it this way. I'm saying it, and I'd like people to realize what I'm asking for. I actually ask for positive feedback. It keeps me going. So many people with a weak self-esteem think that if I ask for positive feedback, means I'm weak. And that's, again, why I have the program that only the strong can say how weak they are. I, no, need it.
12: I get staying. negative
0: I get negative comments from people, and it affects me. I get positive feedback from people, and it affects me as well. Hearing that, the words that we use, takes an effect, and I appreciate it. So I thank you for telling me that. When you tell me this phone line that I do for free and the radio that we do over here helps I'm connected
12: you. to that phone line. It's thank not, you.
0: It's a big close And I'll tell you a secret that someone has sent me recently a positive, and I took that as a positive, telling me, I used to be so addicted to the phone line. I used to listen to it so many times a day. And now I am stronger that I don't even need it. And the person almost asked like a question, is it okay with you? And I go, of course, my job is to be the right at this time for those that need it. And as you get stronger, you will take this and need me less and less. And as I tell my, cli- my clients, eventually, you will completely forget about me. That someone's going to go, Mordecai go, yeah, he's a pretty good therapist. That's the goal. The yeah, goal but, is not but. to live by me, not to come to me, not to say I need me. And I encourage my clients at the beginning that that's going to be our goal. This way they feel safe. Don't feel bad leaving me. That's a sign of we did a great job. That's a sign you're healthy. So, Merit Hashem, very soon I would look forward. When you tell me, you know I don't listen to you as much. I've gone to therapy. I'm strong. I am healthier. And thank you for all you've done. And I thank the Rebbein Shalom for letting me be the shliach at this time for this Purpose, and really thank is you because
12: I grew already in my therapy so much that it's all your credit.
0: I'll, I'll take part of the credit. It is mostly your credit, as I do to all my clients. I helped the awareness. I was, re- I
12: was really unaware of the whole... Um, I grew up in a family where a therapy was just for crazy people, and you opened me up to a whole different world. So thank I, you, I and I would like to, to, to thank the j Radio for that. I
0: would like to give a great thank you and appreciation to the J-Root Radio, to and to Aaron, and for everyone over here, because they have helped me to be able to enable, to help so many more people, as well as I'd also like to thank Balakhtuch HaVaderach, which is a program that they sell in the, shi- in the shul's program, Shirem, and it's amazing, because they have my Shirem, the 60 programs that we have over there, in Yiddish, in the shul's, and I also get so much feedback, and they spoke to their Rav and gave the permission to put it in there with the Shirem, and it has helped so many people, so I want to thank everyone that has given me this chus, that I'm able to give a share and to help to broadcast it to so many people, I find myself humble and I thank the Rabinish Shalom every step for that ability. Thank you all. So I thank you, Devoter, for giving me that feedback. Because it, it gives me I'm walking out of here feeling yes. And getting it from the several callers that said it has changed our life or made a difference. I don't need it to change, just to be part of your process. I thank that. But part of the self-esteem is I would like you to say I made a change. Mordecai Weimer helped me with the awareness. My therapist helped me with the awareness. and gave me the tools. But I took the awareness. I took the tools. It's got to be, I changed my life and these people, these wonderful shluchim helped me out. Do you understand the difference how it goes? I need you to own your change. That's right. And I do that with my clients. So could you just say that once so I feel pure? I could at least appreciate now your compliment. Can you sort of do it that way? Mordechai? thank you. Your awareness. I have taken your awareness and I've taken the awareness of the therapist and I've changed. I want you to own it. Yeah,
12: I really feel that I really worked on myself through the help of others, but I really worked on myself to change and be a
0: great person. Excellent. Now I hear that you own it. Now I feel so much. I felt great before. I feel even better now. <laughs> okay, okay, thank you. Okay, thank you for that. We are now going to go to Yankel. Yankul, online one, you're on the air with Mordechai, and I should say several thousand others. Hello? Yes.
11: Yeah. Um, first, I want to thank you for the line and also for your um, line, your phone line. I uh, I hear it. Uh, I hear both. Uh, I hear the English and Yiddish. A lot of times, the Yiddish is uh, the by the English you say um, other things even than than Yiddish. It, it's here, very true. Yiddish, it's also here the Yiddish one.
0: <laughs> I actually have two, three people that told that to me, and let me share it with you. I actually read usually the same questions in Yiddish and English, but even the Shi'olim are different because I'm culturally sensitive. Certain points when I speak to the English Flatbush crowd, let's say the way I look at it, is one type of information, and the mashalim that I give would be to them something that is appropriate to that. And when I speak in Yiddish, I know I'm primarily um, reaching a different population. I would give mashalim, and I will not discuss issues of women or a sister or things like that. I specifically Uh try to be very culturally sensitive and as well as I can take mm. the question to a Chassidish area where they have it one way take this concept of a Tom, and in the Litvish world, I would have said someone's Asperger's, and in the world, I would have used the word Tom and explained that. So it's very uh-huh. true that my Yiddish and English responses are different because they are geared for the different societies that uh-huh. how they have that.
11: Uh-huh, ah yeah.
0: Thank you um. for that awareness. I'm glad that you listened to both. So I have two other people that told me they call them both. <laughs> Because they know my response is a little different.
11: Yeah, I know, but you got a lot of information from both, you understand? Yes. You don't write, like, from a paper. You're answering them, uh, because that, you hear a lot of times more information or by English or by English.
0: That's right. In fact, let me even share with you an interesting concept. So many people are listening, so let me share with you a nature. I spoke to someone, and someone told me, I would come on your program, But I need to know the questions in advance. And I will tell you, I have a problem knowing the question in advance. My nature is so on the ball, on the spot, that if I know the question in advance, I'm going to come up with five, six answers. The answers are going to be too long. In fact, there's a huge tzaddik that I was told. His name was the Scully Rebbe Zatzal that he would do Shalashudah's Torah, that he would ask someone to give a Pasek, any Pasek in the parish, and then he would say his half hour or 45 minutes t'vat without any preparation and go on with a deep and He was a big Mekobol, so all the Kabbalah Svarim, the Chassidosh Svarim. And I can't understand that Kayach, because I don't, know, I don't know if he wouldn't be able to prepare. I'm sure he would be a big Tzadik, but for me, preparing makes it much harder. And I'm natural and on the spot, so I'd like people to realize it's a nature. The Abayn Shlomo has given me, and I prefer it this way, and that's why I'm able to do this type of a program. But now uh-huh. to go to your question and comment.
11: Yeah, um, my question is, um, um, I was married, and I I got uh, like uh, uh, I got from her like a, a big fear that I don't can. I don't can be married. Uh, before I, w- I was married the first time. It was uh, I know that uh, I'm so so I'm good. But right now after I'm divorced, I'm, I'm feeling like she putting in me like I'm, I'm i I do not can. I'm really scared that maybe I um I I'm not uh, eligible to.
0: Okay, so let me take two points. We'll take two points over here. Number one is, and to validate your feeling, that it is normal when someone tries a business and they're not successful and they fail. So, generally, in our language, if someone is married and they get divorced, it's as if there's a failure. We weren't successful. And that's how the world views it. So, what happens is, the feeling is, now I'm a failure all over. It's normal after a business has failed to have doubt. That's why many times they say, if you're in a car accident, get into a car right away. This way you shouldn't develop the fears, oh, I can't, it won't happen, I'm not good. That's step one for you to realize it's normal to have those thoughts. Now I'm going to take it more personal. Are you a man that has a buck or even you had issues, but you sort of like just buried it, or it just kept on going? You didn't do much introspection, like you just went with the process. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And maybe you do have some issues that weren't worked on. Do you feel you're ready for marriage? Do you feel you have the tools to be responsible, to be assertive, to say no, to say sometimes yes? Do you have those tools?
11: Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I
0: have. Okay. Well, those are some of the tools that are needed in marriage. Are you, do you have the ability to reassure someone's emotions that if your wife is having a tough time to give some reassurance? Or are you, I do mine, you do yours? No, uh,
11: this I have. Yeah, very have. good.
0: So you got that good tool. Fantastic. Um, what else can we think about over here that might be some of the tools that you might want to need? Let me ask you: Which part of the marriage do you feel that your wife has? What what part has she sort of said about you that's causing you doubt? That so your ex-wife.
11: The the main problem is that 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 I. Actually, if if she, she would go uh, to help uh, with, with me, then I, I was sure, sure, 100%, I was sure, but could be I'm not right, but I was sure 100% that it it, were, it would work. But she, she blamed that I'm the... I need a detail.
0: Kid. I need a detail. What is something that she said about you that you feel weak? That you're having doubts about yourself.
11: I don't know. The whole, the whole thing, the whole marriage, I was, I was, in, it put me in uh, in uh, in uh, in uh, in uh, that I'm
0: not, I'm All right, not. let's stop a second. For those who would like to call in, we will take one more caller. The number is 718-683-5858. <laughs> 718-683. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, 5858. That number, if you'd like to call with your question. So, I hear your question. Let's just stick to the basic idea that it's normal if you go through that. And what part of what's going to be needed is for you to be able to clear yourself up, to go clear out the doubt. That is therapy, what's needed. I think you might discover that there are some other points that you might need to be strong that can help you, Merzah Hashem, for the next marriage. Part of it is that her words went into you. However, people that go through a trauma like that, where they go through a divorce, doubt is sometimes that can play in over there. But from my talking to you, we're not getting details. And I'd like to go down to another, down to another place over here. So, okay, we got some callers. I'm going to go straight. Aaron, let's go straight to line two. Let's try to go ahead and take a question or two. Let's see if we can do that. Thank you for that. So, hello, you're on the air with Mordechai. Yeah, hi, Mordechai. How are you? Baruch Hashem, fantastic. What's your name? Yosef. Yosef, great. We didn't have enough time to get it up on the screen over here. Yosef, what's up? Yeah, i just wanted to know if you have, like, a quick, like, self-test to, to see if you're uh, codependent. Very simple. Are you thinking about others all day? When you want to do something, is your first thoughts, how will the other ones deal with it? Or the first thought is, how am I?
11: Right.
1: Um, how about if I think, like, oh, how others will view it after, I
2: think of me.
0: That can be codependent. That can also be a little bit of a weak self-esteem. They usually all go into interact- interactive or interconnected with codependent, but yes,
1: codependent. Right, let me ask you another question. Let's say I look at other people and I say, this person is doing X, Y, and Z, and then, so therefore it gets into my head that I want to also do X, Y, and Z.
0: Now that I won't call codependent. That is called a weak self-esteem, and what that means is that when I want to feel value, instead of going within myself, I'm looking at others, what are they doing, and I want to feel good, so I'm going to try to copy them. That's more weak self-esteem, the two, three questions you ask me, than codependent. Codependence means... If if I want to go to the grocery store and the other guy wants to go to the pizza shop, I can say that I want to go to the grocery store. And I go, of course, I want to go to the pizza shop. It's my life becomes enmeshed with another. My happiness is dependent on the other. If the other one tells me to do something that I don't want to do, I will do it anyhow. I'll barely be able to verbalize. Codependent is more when we're attached, we're connected our happiness is dependent on the other person. Self-esteem is more, or anxiety is more. I right. want people to like me. I want people to value me. If people oh. say, wow, this guy is so smart because he got 100, so now I want to get 100, that's more self-esteem.
1: Where do you draw the line in making your spouse happy and knowing if you are codependent?
0: When you figure that out, tell me, my friend. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. You got it. Hatzlacha, thank you for All that. Right. And we are going to still take... Whoops, we are going to go... Not on hold. We want to drop it. We are still gonna take one more question. Call in 718-683-5858 We got all the lines lit up and everyone hung up. Yes, we'll still take one more 718-683-5858 And um, you know what? Let's go take over here a um a question Oh, so many difficult questions that people are asking over here. I could understand by the way so many of you are sending tough tough questions Borderline questions and all that stuff, and I un- I understand why you don't want to call on air. All I will say is that your stuff need a lot of work. Need like sometimes years of therapy. One quick question of you. I have a constant fear my kid's going off to Derek, and I'm not even able to lead my kids in the yeshiva way. That's the fear. And I only have one kid, not even a year old. Anxiety! And go ahead, deal with your anxiety and fears. We're going to line oh, one, oh, whoever oh, you oh, are, you're oh, on the oh, air oh, with Mortify. Hello?
1: Hello.
0: Yes, if you can just okay. do me a favor and close the radio in the background, because there's a seven-second delay, sort of like that. No we've, problem. we here got a background. minute to Thank go, so is. let's go ahead. What's your question it, or comment?
11: It was you in the background.
0: Yes, it's uh, it's interesting hearing myself sometimes.
11: Um, what's codependent?
0: Codependent is, ah, my happiness is dependent. First of all, we've got that on many different programs, and I wonder which program. I have an entire program on my phone line on codependence, Number four... Number nine. Number nine is about codependence. Somewhere around there. Codependence means I am stuck in Yenom. My happiness is dependent on others. I can't say my opinion in others. A child that is thinking all day that they can't they can't take care of their husband or their wife or their kids because they're thinking about their mother. They're worried about their family. They're worried about a cousin that's going through a messy divorce. They're worrying about a nephew that's not on the derech, And they can't live today. They can't tell someone what they're feeling. All this is means we're supposed to have balance ourselves. We're also supposed to be interconnected with the world. But when we don't exist anymore, we're worried about the world over us. That is codependence and that is not healthy. People like to fool themselves, calling themselves a Gitta, that they're a good person. That's not. The Rabbi put us, we have to exist, and the other person has to exist. We are both equal here. We are both important to the Rabbi And that is our goal. So once we can identify that that's not good, that we're feeling too much that we need to change. That's important. Aaron, just tell me how many seconds we got left. All right, we got 30 seconds. Does that make sense to you? What is codependence? Yes, so what is self-esteem? Self-esteem is saying, I know who I am. Some people might not be connected to another person. They're just going around feeling, I'm worthless, I'm nothing. There's nothing special about me. Or I'm going to try to feel good by copying others. Self-esteem is saying, I have something, I am, or not knowing that. And codependence means I am stuck in Yenem's life. I am a clone. I'm just an extra copy of that person to do whatever the person needs. They're two different points. I'd like to thank everyone for listening in this week and for the call. It's fantastic. Great different subjects out there. And with Siata Deshmaya, may I continue to be the right shliach. May we continue to do mitzvahs and ma'asim this will help bring the ge'ulah shleima b'mherah b'yameinu and in Eretz Yisrael, We should not lose any more soldiers. now. As of today, there are 28 soldiers that were killed. May we be zaycha to have the Gula shleima. And not to have any of this anymore. Thank you all for your questions and comments. Looking forward, Merit Hashem, to next week's program.